Cheers to episode 143. Forgot to grab a beverage. Cheers. Cheers. Orange tea. Orange tea. Blood orange tea from Trader Why? Joe's. <clears throat> you know, Ziggy? it's... um. No, I'm just trying to prevent sickness. A lot of airport travel you get sick get, a lot. We'll get to. Because you have a weak I, immune system. You I don't. really get sick at least twice, two to three times a year. I barely ever get That's sick. That's pretty average, Alex. Two no, to three times a year. <laughs> not for people like me and you, Evan, with great immune systems. Alex, you but get sick all the time. That's not even remotely true. You first want to get COVID of our group, Fact or Fiction. Of our group? Fact or Fiction. I never had it. By, by four hours, maybe. <laughs> That's because I lived with you. I was fine until you. <laughs> Just because I got COVID doesn't mean I have a bad immune system. I think it would definitely take points off of your immune system since you got it. Well, you got it twice. And then every time you got sick, you thought you had COVID because you're a weak-minded loser. I only officially got it once. I'm saying. And I only had to take a test because you made me because you, you thought that I was contagious. Because you're a sick yeah. weirdo kid. I had to make sure. And you were you were saying um, that was just right after you had stormed the Capitol with the Trumpies saying that COVID mm-hmm. wasn't real. No, actually, I was at Michigan State, Oakland, in Little Caesars Arena and gave thousands of people COVID. Wow. Rocket Watts. Evan, what did you say you were drinking? I am drinking Sparty Party. Oh, my God. You bought it from the store. Wow. Where'd you get that? Sorry. I bought it at Bush's. In Tecumseh? Yep. This was supposed to be a Thanksgiving beer, and I... Did not drink any of them during Thanksgiving. They sell Sparty Party in Tecumseh, Michigan. They have a bunch of craft beer selection. They sell Sparty Party in Houston. Shout out to Mrs. McCown. They do not sell it in Texas or in Houston. You don't know that. You don't live here. How would you know? You don't know what Truth Barbecue tastes like. I don't need to. (laughs) Alex, you got nothing this week? Yeah, I haven't had anything for multiple weeks. I just keep forgetting. Right. Listeners, I could get out, but it's just a lot of work. Um, tonight is Monday, November twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. The time is seven fifty four p.m. Eastern time, six fifty four Central time. Welcome into the number one all around sports podcast in the state of Michigan, and what. A feast week it was. An all-timer, really. Just a, For all, you, yes. For, I think, everyone. It was a great week no. for to be a sports fan. No. That's the complete opposite of a Michigan State. It, Evan and I had probably the worst sports week of all time, so please speak for yourself. you got a brand-new football coach that's exciting to talk about. We lost in basketball. The Lions lost on Thanksgiving. Michigan State lost on Thanksgiving. Michigan State lost on Friday after Thanksgiving. Michigan won on Saturday. The Friday after Thanksgiving? What was that? Michigan State lost to Penn State by a billion points. Oh. And then Michigan won on Saturday. So as a fans, for Evan and I, it was a very bad week. And Peyton Thorne couldn't get the job done. Even worse, <laughs> to add on to the misery. Well, that would have been good for you. You don't like him. I'm tired. Well, I was rooting for him because I was rooting for you. 
Thank you. You guys got a new coach. I think that in itself ends Feast Week on a positive note. I just want you to speak for yourself and not for us. Mm-hmm. All right. It's very short-sighted. What a Feast Week it was, not positive or negative. It was something. Sure. Thursday, I was pretty <laughs> down was... bad. Down pretty bad after Thursday. No You're doubt. Horny. Down bad in a sports <laughs> sense, not horny. <laughs> Butler lost to FAU by like five. It would have been a great top 25 win. Yeah, but they bounced back pop today, Grant. Guess what? We're top 40? No. No. But top 50? I think you're 50. Five and two. You're ahead, of, you're ahead of Michigan. That feels right. I think that'd be a pretty good match. They're 52, they you're 50. So I was just curious. Start the show. Neutral site. Who you got? Look at you. Oh. November Ken Palm. That's gritty. Yeah. Um, preview the show. Weekly recaps. How our Thanksgivings were. Uh, then we'll get into NFL and college football. As always, it'll be a heavy show. I would say mainly more for our teams that we root for, not the national perspective. Because there's some big things that happen, you know, between Michigan's game, the Lions game, and MSU hiring a new coach. That's going to dominate most of the talk. We'll get into some national storylines a little bit. Um, any other sports besides that? Probably not the episode for you. I can't imagine we have time for Pistons, Red Wings, or Tiger signed Kenta Maeda. So there's your reaction to that. Patrick, I guess Patrick Kane will be a Red Wing in a week. I am kind of excited about that, even though he's got to be 45 years old. No, Red Wings are a wagon. <laughs> That's not totally Three-game win streak. Uh, we just won in Boston on Friday afternoon. They're better. They're we beat them twice this year already, right? We own Boston. Correct. Their only two regulation losses are to the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, they're rebuilding. Uh, the Pistons are in the toilet bowl tonight. We're not There's your Pistons sock. Two and fourteen versus two and fourteen. Oh, who else is two and fourteen in the NBA? The Wizards. The Wizards. Oh. Jordan Poole versus Kate Cunningham. <laughs> the toilet bowl. Yeah, All right. There was a meme. Pistons <laughs> Wizards. It was like I don't know what the picture was, but. Um, before we dive into the topics, if you're listening, please stop what you're doing right now. Please go somewhere, either YouTube. Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen, subscribe to it if you're not already. Give it a like, give it a review. And if you have already done it on the platform you're listening to, I challenge you to go to a different platform that you don't normally listen on and give a review, subscribe there. You can subscribe on YouTube and just turn off your notifications for us. And you don't even, it's basically you're not subscribed, but you're subscribed to us. You know, it does it for the the algorithm. That's all you got to do. We don't actually need you to get the notification when a new episode drops, but it just helps to click the button. That's the least you could do. Because this is going to be a great show. I feel it in my bones. Um, <laughs> and to set the bar high, Alex, as we start always repping the Dave Clawson Wake Forest Demon Deacons, your week, your Thanksgiving week. 5.30 a.m. flight on Thanksgiving morning. 5.30 Eastern, 5.30 local. Central. <laughs> okay. So it was a uh, 2.30 local time wake up, about a 30-minute ride. Uber or did you drive? Uber. Uber. I scheduled it the night before. You scheduled one? That makes me nervous. I've never done that. Makes you nervous? That's easy. It's better. Like it's it's going to get messed up in their system and they're not going to show up and I'm going to be screwed. 
No, I think finding an Uber at 315 is a much scarier proposition. Touche. That does sound sweaty as well. Anyways, it's also Houston. There's thousands of people here, so there was no issue. Uh, so we got to the airport, you know, traveled, got home, Tecumseh, 9-ish a.m. local time. It's Eastern time. Mm-hmm. And then it's Thanksgiving with my family. Uh, it was good, I guess. Sports kind of hindered it, mm-hmm. you know. How's the turkey? Food. <laughs> it was pretty good. Air fried. Says, Let's get right to it. Infrared. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued because I heard what, what how you guys were cooking the turkey, so I just want to know how was the turkey. Infrared. Yeah, like an infrared cooker thing. Turkey so, fryer. Yeah, no, didn't ask. Was not a. It was not a fryer. It was basically oh, like, an air fryer. It's like an air fryer. Yes. Yeah, I see. It. It's called the Big Easy Oilless Turkey Fryer. Oh, yeah, that's already on it. Oh, I saw Grant's father. Shout out, Larry. <laughs> great. <laughs> Wearing a great hat. Little um, did he know. Thinking back, he said he was so hoping that the game would be a lot more stress-free than the Chicago game. Turns out it wasn't. It was actually worse. Mm-hmm. It's worse. Um, what else? Yeah, just good to see family catch up. Haven't seen people in a while. And then Friday, Detroit, Rock City. Detroit with Evan, Cody, Cody's fiance, Drew, Drew's not fiance, girlfriend. And, you know, some other youngsters were there. Evan's parents um, went to Tin Roof. It's a good time. Consumed a lot of bush lattes on draft. Was there a special going? Don't know. I don't know what I spent. They closed my tab out without telling me. So then when I went up to get more, they're like, oh, your tab's closed. You're going to have to open another one. I was like, what the hell? That cannot be a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) So not not really sure how much I spent. It's probably a decent amount. (laughs) Probably a lot. These were tall beers. Any shots? I did not buy any. Oh, my gosh. Do shots. Oh, I actually did buy shots. Didn't I? Someone did. Very end. The very end. Someone bought shots. I think it was me. I did not take those very end shots. The yes, we did. Tequila. What'd you get? Oh my god! I forgot we took a tequila shot. I did too. <laughs> until we started talking about this. Holy cow! That was a memory. Did not until just now. Little was I the out. one who bought those? Little brown out. I I tell you, somebody handed me it in my face. I said, "I'm not taking this," and then everybody looked. And I, I can like, like see this. I know exactly where I was standing. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. But I totally forgot that that happened. Uh, I was pretty blitz at that point, I'll be honest. Yeah, but the I also bought two chocolate bars when we walked out. Oh, I had one of those, so that was fantastic. I bought chocolate this weekend, too. Hershey chocolate bar. Oh, so Mm. good. So good. Two for for six, maybe? I had cash. (laughs) So, yeah, Detroit, fun time. Game, not so fun. Car ride. On the way back, it was all time. Legendary. Uh, it's not, not suitable for the podcast, but it was all time. Just funny. It was just nonstop laughter for like – we were like pretty like down in the dumps at first on the way home. The car ride was like an hour 15, hour 30. That car ride felt like it was 20 minutes. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> what song was that that came on? Oh, it was uh, Tim McGraw, Live Like You're Dying. 
that's so like we were kind of quiet before that that song comes on and then all four of us just start bursting like singing it out loud no idea why <laughs> the, the vibes completely change and then after that i just feel like i laughed the entire time so it was, it was a good car ride oh, made it go funny. quick um got home and my dad was like you must have had fun you're saying your words so classic back <laughs> at the parents house yeah yeah he was watching Oregon State Oregon and he's like yep this coach sucks so, <laughs> not now dad I was like oh, okay dad um so that was Friday Saturday uh, went to Mr. McCrate's Cody with a K's house uh, for the game walked in all, saw all my furniture it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> um Everyone, it was a very weird variety of snacks. Very mm. weird. Like, yeah, he like said he chips and dip, di- <laughs> yeah. sushi, donuts. <laughs> what? Is, and, and the weirdest part, I think, is that it was 11 a.m. ish when I walked in, 11.30 maybe. And Cody was drinking a glass of red wine. Just 11.30 didn't do mimosas. I was just like, that is a weird choice. Like, I just don't see people drink wine. He, he told me off the record he had something. He had uh, coffee, spiked coffee this morning, basically. He had, like, Irish cream or Bailey's in it of his coffee. And then he had no beer in the house, so he would just went to red wine. And he's like, well, if I run out of my red wine, then I'm just going to start drinking bourbon. So <laughs> it's like, I, was, I didn't ask. I was just like, that's it's a strange drink. But, yeah, watch the game. Good time. Besides the results. Got to see uh, some people I didn't see Friday. And then uh, I had dinner with my mom and father because I feel like I probably should hang out with them at some point during the weekend. Smart. <clears throat> so I did that. And then Sunday I uh, was welcomed with some snow on my way out. Yeah. And so yeah. I got in last night. I, we sat on the tarmac for like 35 minutes while they de-iced, put the de-icing liquid on the plane. Pilot was so lame. He's like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before, but in our little 30-minute delay here, if you look out the window, you can see a, a plane getting de-iced. It's pretty cool <laughs> if you've never seen it. It was literally like just like a car wash. It's like sitting through a car wash. He's like, yep, and I bet you didn't know the guy driving those little trucks. He sprays them too. It's just one guy. Pretty cool. <laughs> Give me the I, mayor. I appreciate the effort, though. Yeah. Yep. And I had to sit middle seat on the way back. And mm. let me tell you, not good. My knees hurt a lot. Did you uh, alpha the elbow rest, or did you get alphaed? Oh, forgot the kid on my left. Probably our age. I don't know. He had a tattoo. He was watching. I was watching Bill's Eagles. He saw that I was watching. I don't think this kid's been on a plane before. Not his fault. Whatever. I was watching Bill's Eagles. He's like, oh, my God. Sir, how'd you do that? First of all, he told me <laughs> sir. And I'm like, that's weird. But whatever. So I show him. He puts it on. And the whole time he's like, oh, come on, Jalen. Oh, Josh. Come on, Josh. Good catch, Stefan. He's just like saying their names and doing this out loud. He's like, oh, that was a fumble, wasn't it? And it's like, I was just like putting in my headphones and he's just like trying to talk to me this whole time. Just like talking out loud. 
when we're about to take off, he puts his tray table down and just lays on it. <laughs> you're supposed to have all your stuff up when you're taking mm-hmm. off. And the flight attendant came by and she's like, sir, can you put your thing up? He's like, why? Sir, can you just put it up when we take off and then you can you can put it back down later? He's like, all right. Puts it up. She walks away, fucking drops it right back down. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. like, gets up to go to the bathroom. Like, wait, like we just get into the air. He's immediately up walking to the bathroom. Seatbelt sign's mm. still on. Doesn't care. So that guy was to my left. It was, it was wonderful. And got in my right ate a juicy Big Mac. Oh, he brought a Big Mac onto the plane? Big Mac, large Coke, and fries. That is an aggressive meal to eat on a plane. Yep. So I was just, just sandwiched between the two of that the whole ride. Not. Wow. Enjoyable. And here we are. 12 hours later. Evan? 24 hours later. Oh, let's see. <clears throat> um... Tuesday, so Wednesday, uh, went to the local watering hole for the typical uh, pregame Thanksgiving night out. Uh, good time. Uh, everybody in our friend group is slowly vanishing, so we don't have as much of us there anymore. Um, and then, of course, we're there's people in our group bitching about everybody that's in there. It's like, well, we were once 21 and 22. We did the same thing, and everybody bitched about us. It's a cycle. Um, well, Evan, the, the question I think more so at hand was, are you too old to be – or like, are you going to go next year? Yeah. But you said it's a cycle. <clears throat> the people that were our age – There were people older than me still in there. All right, that was going to be my question. How many older people than you are there at this point? Because if, if you're the oldest ones in there now, that means I this was is not the oldest year. one in there. Was not the oldest one in there. But would would you say you guys were the majority of old people? No. Who was it? Who were the oldest? Like how many older people were in there? There was actually a full the biggest table, the big table that sits right next to the pool table. Yeah, that was taken up by like the same group of like adults the entire night so you're saying because of that you will be in there until you're 45 years old no i'm not saying that i'm just saying a couple more years won't hurt so evan back on the record you're still dialed in wednesday night before thanksgiving you will see evan cavis and Mox. <laughs> send the invites out i'll be there <laughs> noted um it was a good time thursday was way more hungover than i thought i was going to be a um, little bit of a rough morning getting up and getting after it Thursday. Had this whole plan of like making myself breakfast Thursday, Thanksgiving morning. Didn't happen. Had a bagel. That was about it. Um, but Thursday, Thanksgiving was actually fantastic. Great food. Good time hanging out with the family. Sporting events, not so great. Um, and then Friday, went to Detroit Rock City with Alex and Cody and Paige and friends. So that was fantastic. Had basically probably the same exact experience as Alex in Detroit. And then Saturday was also with Alex and everybody else at Cody with a K's house. Not a good time just watching football. I stayed a lot later. I didn't have any afternoon plans. Did that Saturday. And then Sunday, ref basketball all day. My legs and ankles and calves hurt today. They're just sore. The They're tired. Shoes. 
They're barking. Those new shoes are now old shoes and they don't have any support anymore. Time for new shoes, Evan. Oh, no. I know. New shoes. You should do Crocs. I, w- I think nobody would care. I might get a pair of Crocs. I can't run in Crocs. I have a pair of Crocs. I did say I said that this weekend. I said I might want Crocs for Christmas. I did say that out loud. <laughs> Crocs are so good. Hey, dudes are just as good. Hey, dudes are big. I, I, you do see them a lot. Okay, um, with them at work. And that was Sunday. Uh, Ford Field crowd looked packed. It was packed sold up. out. Wow. We're talking about the Michigan State game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was. A it was sold out. I saw out. a picture. It was like packed in there. Uh, there was actually a lot of Penn State fans. I read that it was like 80-20 Spartans to Penn State. So it didn't feel like – I didn't really feel like there was that many Penn State fans either, but – I thought there was actually more Penn State fans was than people thought. Tin I was drunk. A game, so you were chopping it up with. There were Penn State fans at Tin Roof. There were Penn State fans. There was a good amount in, in this one bar that we had. Were you guys Tin Roof like the whole time, or did you go to any other ones? We were there the whole time. We were Tin Roof shift. Yeah. Well, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to get into Tin Roof later because the line was absurd. Um, well, we Alex, that was when after the game. the game. No, when we left, Evan, the line was ginormous. I did not see the line when we left. I instantly got out, and I heard people screaming at me, and you threw a candy bar at me, so I was happy. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of people. Did you guys go to the bar after the game before driving home, or straight yeah. car then out? Straight car, screaming profanity in the street. Nah, I was visibly, verbally upset. <laughs> and so, did you guys stay the whole game? That were not, no. No, we left I with like six minutes left in the third quarter. Going pee. I'm coming. I was about to walk down the aisle, and Evan comes up and he's like, "We're leaving." I'm like, Are you? Yes, sir. <laughs> so no, we didn't have to stay. There was t- there was TVs near your guys' seats. I said it was pink. Those were uh, Cody's and Paige's seat. Okay, that I I didn't get this like they were w- literally one seat away from like the VIP like what do you guys lounge about? seats and everything. I see. I Cody and Paige's section. Yeah, there's like a like handicap slash like VIP area and like lounge chairs and like on like the wall there's like TVs, and they were literally right next to that. I think the tequila shots on the way in hindered my memory. Sounds like it. I was I was drunk during the game. I was. <laughs> I think we had beers with inside. The bright lights. We did. Bought a bunch of people beers. Down on you. Yes, you did. Just felt like a good citizen. You like bought four beers, people. and the guy just tipped them. That was it. That was the trade-off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll get them for you, but you guys can tip. And then he tipped like 20 bucks. So I, it was probably almost the same. Wow. Anyways. That's pretty electric. Grant, um, how was your adventure down south? I was kind of similar to Alex's with the early morning uh, Thursday flight. Left Detroit. I don't know what time exactly. Flight? Evan. It was, it was oh. early. Grant Marissa got to left for the airport like four hours before their flight even took off. Like they're they're those people. We got there too early. There's no doubt. Like they FaceTime me while I was be... sitting at the airport with an hour left before I had to get on. And they still had, they were already at the airport and they had like two hours plus. It, it really much came down to is like we let her flight was at seven, so you're boarding. I don't know six thirty six forty five. We got there. Two hours before our like flight, which was too much. But it, it came down to like 
what's the big difference between me waking up at 3.15 a.m. or 4.15 a.m.? Like, my sleep's already going to be shitty no matter what. And That's I was going to sleep on the plane. <laughs> One um, hour is a lot, dude. I don't know. Mm. Uh, clutch purchase of the trip started out hot at 5 a.m. in the PGA Superstore. DT- DTW bought two... Uh, two memory phone neck pillows since I needed to replace my old one. So neck I pillows. You a picture of I fell asleep so good. Grant is an iPad. Pillow on. <laughs> well, it's bad. An airport's, it's, it's an bad. Airport's, yes, I just, I, how like you look like I, a 13 year old. I found how much he looked like a 13 year old when, uh, they were driving back to and from or Nashville and Marissa sent the video of Grant on his phone in the back seat. <laughs> that was a tough one. The it's neck so pillow that Grant isn't even using. <laughs> That worst purchase of all time. I don't even think I know what you're talking no, about because Marissa sent it to me and we talked about you. <laughs> she said, I wish I never bought him those headphones. <laughs> oh, yeah. She Aww. gets pissed about those because they are noise canceling. She tries That's to talk fun. to me like on the plane. When I get on a plane too, I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to go to if sleep. If he's sleeping, leave him alone. Not even using the neck pillow. Yeah. Okay, but here's Big the thing. headphones, glasses. Alex, you're okay, but you're here's the thing. Idea. When you fall asleep, wherever your body lays and you're sleeping, your body lays. And his I'm neck just, just happened I've, to be, I've had his neck, neck finally natural. Past, they're like the biggest waste of money of all time because you don't even no. really use them. You do. And if you I saw a guy walking around the airport with his neck pe- pillow on, it's even worse. I, you just look Yeah, he doesn't want to carry it. Oh my god. <laughs> I do that. Doesn't so, want to yeah, carry it. Comfort. I don't want to carry it. And you clip it on my bag. I don't want to carry it. You know, people used to, to back in the day they would like dress up when they went to the airport. Now Grant's turned it into just slumber party mode. Old people do dress up still, it's crazy. I kind of respect they put it. On their, like, I hate I that. Because it's are sitting on a plane at the airport. I could. They put you next to a hot broad. I should just start going to the airport. That's my whole point. But you can't. Every... You can't get across the section anymore. You can't where all the people are. My you have to your boarding flights, pass to like, get through it. Please yeah. put me. Please put me next to a to a nice single lady in her mid twenties. Let's see what happens. You know, actually though, Evan, that. I learned that fact in Atlanta. You still can go into the airport to pick up people and arrivals without checking in through any security. You just like can't obviously get on a plane. So that was old school. The Atlanta, you can actually go into the airport. I think you can do that anywhere. But you can't. I'm saying you can't go where they like board. Like everyone hangs out on board. I want to be right there, just like people no, you watching. Can't do yeah. That. Yeah. No, you you have to pass security checks. You can't get past without your you boarding can, pass. You could literally. Yes, they don't check for boarding passes when you go through security at DTW or in Houston. That's true, but part of me security, they just IDs. check your ID. I think the ID scan pulls up in their system like what flight you're registered for. Potentially. Unless I'm way off. But I feel That's, like there has to be something with your some flight. Technology there has to be, you sure. have to show them your boarding pass. No, you do not have to show them your boarding pass anymore. That is true. They've, they've like taken that away. They got rid of that. A little bit. Because I had mine out and he's like, I don't need that. I'm like, okay. Looks like I got plans I'm Saturday. Sure He's going to go find his wife at the airport. Conference championship Saturday. He's just going to sit in the airport. Oh, my God. The amount of people wearing bet. Grown men. (laughs) Grown men. I'm not talking like our age. I'm talking like 50s, like grown-ass adults wearing blue T-shirts with yellow bet on the chest and just walking around in them. Tons of (laughs) – Tons of uh, like middle-aged men wearing those t-shirts. You probably don't even know what it means either. And so many Michigan Tom Brady jerseys in the airport. Unbelievable. Wow. 
That's a wild jersey. I was going to throw up in the DTW airport. Michigan shirts everywhere. <laughs> Michigan oh. versus everybody on a 75-year-old. No, it's kind of funny. <laughs> That's a little funny. It was ridiculous. Good for you guys. Um, Big win. Thanks. Uh, get to Atlanta Airport, which is they claim to be the most trafficked airport in the world. Correct. So I don't Have know you never how been there? to. Never. Hartsfield oh, International, never been. Been there like 20 Pretty times. gross. It's like the most common airport to get to a connecting flight. If you have a layover, like it's going to be in Atlanta. So it's about an hour and a half drive to Auburn. Shout out to Betty for picking us up Thanksgiving morning. Um, drove back down to Auburn. Was pretty tired, but showered, got ready. Um, shout out to the people that cooked all day. It was a very intensive operation. I, I helped make some green bean casserole. I, I brought the white trash green bean casserole to the party. It, everyone ate it, though, so it still played um, great food. I had – I think I ate the most food of anyone. I had a full like, – Were you keeping track of everybody food. under the radar or over the radar? People were outwardly saying what other people were doing. They said, like, oh, Tommy has gotten seconds and so has Grant, and no one else had gotten that second. Nice. So I was on the clock. And then I was told to stop eating because I was making other people feel nauseous because I was chewing my food so long that they thought I was going to throw up because I was too full. <laughs> Because chicken is what dry. A, so I, what a yeah, absolutely just on. one liner. Grant, I didn't know where you're going with that. People, you were making them nauseous because you were chewing so well. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, you're going to throw up. Yeah, because they're like, you know, sometimes people like chew too much, like when they're about to puke because they feel it. Like they, I reminded them of that because of how much <laughs> I was stuffing down my face. <laughs> it was too good. Um, can't electric charcuterie a spread. Gross eater. Gross eater. I was hot. Well, so this was weird for me because. You're just like this a gross eater to begin with. Though. Did you have, did they have enough sauce for yeah. you? Probably not. Did you bring your yeah, own they sauce? Gravy. They had gravy. That's a BYOS everywhere guy. <laughs> I did tell you a veteran move that I did for the tailgate, but first on Saturday or Thursday still. The first time I've ever had Thanksgiving dinner late in the day. We didn't eat till like 6.30 p.m., wow. which Same. is – we don't do that in Michigan. You eat at noon or you eat at 12.30 around then for the Lions. Like that's normally why I'm eating a big meal growing up, maybe 1 p.m., 2 p.m. Um, but I had to pace myself with all like the, the meat and cheese boards and stuff throughout. So I was kind of getting worried. I wasn't saving enough room for dinner, but I put on a big time performance, ate a lot of food. (laughs) Sounds like it. Um, like you didn't need to do that. Didn't didn't get super, didn't get super drunk Friday. Got my, I guess, experience of got my gear for the Saturday game at the Auburn like team store. Uh, went to Bucky's, the gas station. That place is Dude, a mecca. People talk about it here all the time. <laughs> like, have you been to a Bucky's yet? I'm like, yes, I've been to a Bucky's on road trips before. Like, aren't they? 120 incredible? gas pumps. Aren't they pretty incredible? crazy? <laughs> they were. I was. I was blown away. Is I got your first Bucky's burrito. Yeah, I took a picture with the buck out front. <laughs> Dude, they're so ridiculous. They pay the well though, if you want to work there. The if you mispronounce it, it's bussy. <laughs> the bussies. <laughs> the bussies. They do. They pay like over a hundred grand if you're a manager. It's crazy. It's probably a ridiculous sure amount of hours. Yeah, it's true. And like just terrible customer service things they have to deal with. Um, oh. So did that. And then we went to downtown Auburn and Wait. classic like the gr- – What? My dad and I were talking about this on Saturday. Okay. What town is Auburn in? Auburn, Auburn, Alabama. It is Auburn. 
Yeah, Katie and Matt live in like Opelika, which is like a town name. Opelika. Auburn University is in Auburn. Like if I looked yeah, at it, it is a town called Auburn. Yeah, well, I wasn't I sure said, that either. I, I, I and I was like, now that I say this out loud, like I don't actually know if I've ever heard anyone say Auburn, Alabama. But yeah, good to know. Yeah. Um, went downtown. So on Black Friday, there the girls classic. They're like, oh, let's go shopping. Ugh. The fellas like, let's just go do like a crappy college bar. Uh, called the halftime, just like awful service, like just gross bar, but it was full of like d- other dudes whose like uh, wives and daughters were shopping, and we were just sweating out the Nebraska Iowa game with like fifth, like twenty other dudes, a couple of Nebraska fans in there, just comically laughing, watching these t- uh, interceptions be thrown to end the game. It was hilarious. Um, I did a dead turtle shot, first time ever. It was actually pretty good. It's vodka, pickle juice, and hot sauce. Sounds disgusting, but it was vodka, delicious. Pickle juice and hot sauce. Like a good that fits your personality, Grant, to a T. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought so too when I read it. I was like, you know what? This sounds like a shot I wouldn't actually hate. What'd they call it? It's pretty good. A dead turtle. Because I thought about it later. It's kind of f-ed up. So the hot sauce is thicker and sits at the bottom. So it's like green liquid with like red pouring out the bottom. So it looks like a turtle died or something. Dead turtle shot. Dead turtle shot. Yep. And then Friday we didn't do a ton at night. Um got I probably got the most drunk Friday night. Um, but wasn't too drunk at all. We watched the football game. Civil War game. She only makes you Um, cool. Saturday. A lot of errands from the jump. Um, I was definitely pushing the group like, hey, let's go to the tailgate. Yeah, like Cleaning out the uh, raw turkey cooler so we could use it for food. Um, I saw that. Huh? Getting gas, getting gas in the car, going to Publix to get ice and some more booze. Like I was like, I actually hate that pushing all of that, pushing the group to like want because I'm still like a college kid at heart. Like I was like thinking about the Michigan Michigan State game, how we were tailgating for a 7:30 kick at 9 a.m., which is aggressive. But I was like, hey, we should be at the Iron Bowl like fully set up by like 9.30. I want to be like hammering high noons at 10 a.m. at the latest. Yeah, I don't think I could deal with an old person like slowly scrap together tailgate. I don't think I can do it. I'm still at the age where I need to get going and start drinking. Yeah. And thankfully, I had Dale on my side. So Dale, Marissa, and I went in the first wave and got like everything set up. Uh, We were right next to the parent tailgate for the Auburn football players, but I don't really know what anyone looks like. So I could have been near Peyton Thorne's parents over the hill there. We didn't, we weren't like in, in with them, but they were over there. Um, Pretty good setup. We had a table like for flip cup and whatnot had Thanksgiving leftovers for food. It was like 64 degrees and sunny. Um, Sweated out the Michigan Ohio state game on an iPad. Didn't go into the iron bowl. Till probably midway through the first quarter. Cody's house. There was five of us. So Alex's girlfriend, Katie, I know that's confusing. They both are, well, one's married to a Katie, one's dating a Katie. She's an Ohio State fan. So the the two of us were not leaving the tailgate. And then like Dale wanted to stay in a couple others. So there's like five of us who just stayed and watched on the iPad. As soon as the interception happened, we started walking to the stadium. Shout out to this one guy, Terry. No way he's listening. He's from Louisville. Um, He was like a family he was like a dad of one of the other people that uh, works for Auburn. He just kept gassing me up in Flip Cup. Oh, my God. I need him to follow me to like every <laughs> event I go to because he was on my team and he wasn't great at Flip Cup. He's like, God, Grant's just a one flip every time. 
<laughs> I had like, because we had the iPad on the table, um, the food table. But when I went to go play Flip Cup, I took YouTube TV on my phone so I could like just stare at the Michigan game while like waiting for my turn in Flip Cup. So it was, you're, it was absurd. I was just staring like this. Kid. I was just staring at my phone and flipping. And I got lucky a few times where it was like one flip. And Terry was like, he's not even paying attention to the game. He's just, he's watching football and flipping one, like one time. And I was like, Terry, I love you. <laughs> so might be my one of my new favorite humans um iron bowl I, it's safe to say i'm addicted to sec football i think our friend group needs to start prioritizing like a bucket list over x amount of years that we go to every single big time sec venue for a big game because it is sweet it is There's something about it i don't really know what it is i don't or both the, the tailgate was hard because we were kind of secluded from like the big spread. Like I'm sure you could just like tailgate hop and people would be friendly to you. We didn't really have that because we were set up more in a corner um, by one of their athletic offices. But like the stadium, the there's one thing that we don't have in Big Ten country is hedges, which sounds stupid. But like lining your stadium with nice green bushes looks awesome. And the colors and the traditions like I, we all our schools have traditions but the level of like i don't know how to describe it that their pa system was better like the way they just pumped music in was really good um i guess it's a testament to matt as well who like works out all that but it was like world-class like entertainment for the game and obviously the game itself was sweet which helps a lot i do think i do think this i think southern people um probably swear like as much as we do but i think they do it in private i don't think they cuss publicly a ton because i think they try to put on the southern charm jesus alex you got a point to that yeah oh they're big big jesus people because there was a couple daggums like when um, (laughs) auburn's backup quarterback robbie uh his his name he came in for a design run yeah, and he lost like seven yards, and Peyton had been playing really good. And one kid was like, "Get Robbie out the daggum game!" <laughs> like screaming it from behind me. And so I'm like, "All right, like he's fired up. I can be a little fired up." And mind you, like I had some high noons. Um, I was I was into this game. Like I I did what I did in Miami. Like I was the biggest we all fan on the it. planet. At this, we point. all knew that that's exactly what you were doing. Like I was clapping, I was screaming. But my point was, towards the end of the game, the Alabama corner of the end zone. Um, with their band behind them, they were playing their songs and cheering. And they did it when twice when Auburn players got injured. So, like, Auburn player gets injured, everyone's quiet. Then they just take that as their time to, like, do their chants because everyone else is quiet. And people just start booing from Auburn when they did that. And I was like, oh, f-. like, scream that. <laughs> and, like, a couple of people, like, they didn't gasp. But you could tell, like, it kind of caught their attention that someone actually screamed. I was like, what? You guys like wouldn't yell that if like you don't yell that in the South? Wow. So you're <laughs> so I don't know. Everyone's like bad guys from the Midwest. Yeah, I mean th- their accents are insanely thick. So like the minute you talk, it's it's crazy how different they sound. There was this lady in front of us who kind of was like Sarah Palin. No, not Sarah Palin. Oh my god, I'm confused. Sandra Bullock from <laughs> the blind side. Like she was a southern, like kind of football mom. And she would just kind of like look back and it was like Matt's dad and I, and she would like talk, like double check. Like if we, if we were yelling that we thought it was certainly a penalty on something like, she's like, are you sure? And like her accent. And when I tell you when they scored that, no, when they muffed that punt, she just 
crumbled to the bleachers like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> like, I'll never get that image out of my mind of her just, like, crumbling. Like, she covered her hands like this and was just shaking her head like, no, not again. Like, and I was like, oh, my God. What was but, the, like, how upset were you when Alabama scored on that? Really upset. I don't know. I would have loved that like, camera on me. I don't know. Dead if, quiet, like, awful. It was, like, one of those eerie quiets. And then you look across because we were, like, directly across the other side of the end zone from the Auburn, like, slice of pizza, like, what they took up. And they were just going bananas. And I was, like, like, because they were loud. But, like, everyone else around you was just, like, mouse open. I don't know what I did. I don't know if I surrendered Cobra or what. There's a there's a world where, like, I was surrendered Cobra and CBS picks me up. And I'm just, like, wow, I don't mean because I'm not sure what what I what I did in the moment. It just sucked because so I didn't even really, I, I kind of thought about like what the field storming situation was going to look like, but I knew the group I was with. I'm like, no one's going to storm the field. Like that's insane. Like we're all like, it's a, it's a family group. No, you had Marissa go. and Katie, Marissa and Katie took Miller up to the concourse with like a minute left. Cause they're like, if they storm the field, like just missed we're it. not risking it. We're not, no, they watched, they could see like on the TV, but they're like, we're not going to get trampled with a baby. It's not fair. worth it. I forgot. Like, you fair. know, football is so, not the priority. Maybe. So I'm sitting there and there's like, this was after they had fumbled that snap. So they were backed up. It was probably third and like 26. And Betty like taps me on the shoulder and she's like, if they win, us two are storming the field. I was like, <laughs> wide eyes, like what? Like another person's in. So I have a reason to go. And I started like mapping out because directly in front of us are the hedges and they're so wide and they're pointy. So you can't really jump over them. So we were going to have to like wait and walk around the tunnel. And then the end zone is just brick. You get easy step down. So we would be like the last people on the field. But I was like, all right, I know exactly where we're going to go. We might get pushed in the back, but we're just going to like walk that way if it happens. But she did say she didn't jinx it because she said, but Alabama always pulls this shit out. So I'm just waiting for what's going to happen. I was like, no, no way, no way. Fourth and 31. And, like, you couldn't have placed it better. Like, I'm sure it didn't hit the same from the other part of the end zone. We were sitting, staring at that corner of the end zone. Like, it was in our lap, that play. And when I saw him release it, I was just, like, tracking it, thinking, like, eh, whatever. And then I, when I looked down to the players, I saw he created separation. And then immediately, I think I screamed, like, no, he's out of bounds. He's out of bounds. And I saw the slow-mo replay. I was like, oh, my God. He just scored a touchdown. It was... You rushing the field would have been an unbelievable – like that word would be allowed. That the, unbelievable moment if you got to do I that. I was going to like – I already was like – I was going to lock Snapchat and just run. I was just going to run. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be incredible. I don't think any of us like, have was, ever been a part uh, of a court storm no. or a field storm. Dude, it would be no, awesome. The ones at Butler. Everyone hates on field storm yeah. and court storm. And I think it's the coolest thing ever. It would have been so cool. And like – they they're um they're like third down get on your feet is pretty cool they do like uh it's like the pursuit of happiness steve aoki remix it's like dun, 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 and then like everyone just starts screaming after that they have a pretty good setup with that like it was it was deafening loud so where do you guys want i was go losing my year? voice sec game what stadium i don't know we got you just tell me a stadium and i'll plan it georgia alabama alex well, that's just a very difficult one to start with. Here we go. <laughs> he wants to start out hot. It's got to be game dependent too. We're going to have to be a little bit flexible because well, that's well, why I said pick I guess a team. Iron Bowl, and then I'll see what we get. I mean, I put Ole Miss and LSU high up there right now. 
LSU, LSU is number wise. on my list, I think. <clears throat> it just was – it was wild. The whole night, too, I was a classic guy where people were still getting over it in the group, and I was like – I just kept saying, Betty, we were, we were one play away from storming the field at the Iron Bowl. Like, I just kept distraughtly saying it, like drinking bourbon after just drinking myself in sorrow. I was like, we were one play away from storming the field at the Iron Bowl. It's funny because, like, like, you we really may never get that again. Like, affiliation whatsoever to Auburn, but like, you were so invested. I love that about so you. invested. You do that, you do that I for Michigan all their, State. I learned all their, I learned all their chants, everything. I was just like, it was a maddening game to watch, though. With Jalen Milrow is not a fun quarterback to root against because he is a playmaker. Georgia plays at Alabama next year. How did you, how did your scouting go? That was a funny tweet. <laughs> I did was. I forgot someone said that. I didn't even think of doing that. Someone said like uh, something about Connor Stallions in the crowd. I was like, oh, I could record Alabama for the playoff. So I just did it as a bit, but they were in a huddle, so it didn't even make sense. But I just wanted to get it done with. Um, my very last thing, too much time on all this, but um, shout out good airline travel because we always, people always complain about airline travel. I had flawless airline travel both days. So that shout out, I want to recognize that while we can. That was pretty good, despite the one guy. Despite, yeah. First timer. First timer. Um, let's get into Michigan versus Ohio State. Let's get it out of the way now. We'll do that. We'll do Jonathan Smith. We'll do any other NCA stuff, and then we'll do lines and close it out. Um, is there any place in this game you guys are wanting to start? I have yes. some thoughts, but I want to let you guys talk for a second because – I just talked a crap ton in my room. Yes, when, when the game was decided. In my mind when, when it was my, decided or when you thought? When I decided that Michigan was going to win again was on Kyle McCord's absolute poop pick. Garbage throw. I was like, oh, my God, this is Kyle McCord. We're doomed. And I say we because it felt like it was a we game. Did you get the full we by the end? No, of I wasn't nearly as... Well, okay. I, I will say Evan, Ryan, and I were definitely clapping for first downs for Ohio State. But I think off the record, <laughs> I did st- the- I did stand up and scream when Marvin Harrison had that one handed catch. But I knew Evan would be because, and I respect that because he's like honest with that. I was curious, Alex, like how you would. I was certainly him. rooting for Ohio State. I was trying not to be obnoxious in front of like Cody Botcher. And I was like trying to be respectful. Like I didn't want to like get personal about it or anything weird. Um, mm-hmm. I was certainly rooting for Ohio State. But when Kyle McCord threw that interception uh, and the buffs that's came the, out. That's the that's so early in the game. Yeah, I was, feel like that's but, like overreaction, Alex. Yeah, so. but I would say. I mean, that's what we talked about don't do last week. But in my head, what came up was, okay, so mm-hmm. Michigan beat Ohio State last year and Ohio State had C.J. Stroud. So they didn't have some poopy quarterback making bad mistakes. And then I was like watching Kyle McCord the first couple of drives. I'm like, if this is the guy, like, there's no way because Michigan's better than they were last year or the same. And Ohio State, you could argue, is worse. So I was like, I just don't see a scenario where. And granted, Ohio State ended up putting some drives together and making it close. But like, it just felt like at that point, I was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't feel like that as a Michigan fan because, you know. It's like the biggest game of your life, so every play feels like things could change. 
maybe it was because I was drinking at a tailgate, which is probably the biggest biggest factor here. But it really didn't like I was like dialed into it, but I wasn't really super nervous until the very last drive because they, I mean. I had trust in them and Ohio State tied it up at 17-17, but they never led in the game. And I think like it didn't really dawn on me to that last drive that they were in full position to just win the game in the moment. And that's when I got nervous. But I've like definitely been more on pins and needles in games before than this. But again, it probably is a testament to that I was watching it on an iPad and my phone at a tailgate for another big football game. The last drive probably wasn't the same level. I felt as nervous as I have watching a football game in a while, which is embarrassing. But like I was very nervous for everybody involved for that last drive. It just like in the room, like we were like all like constantly talking about other things and like, you know, just being dudes chatting, like watching football. Yeah. Like most of the game. And then that last like five minutes of the game, it was just like pins and needles. Like <laughs> you could cut the tension with a knife. It was, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. I was nervous just, just and, to see how people yeah, would I re- blow up or react. <laughs> I mean, I remember when they got the ball, like a minute left, no timeouts. I'm like, all right, like I'm not afraid of Kyle McCord, but then they got they moved two quick twenty yard like, passes. Oh, no. Here we go. And I thought we were actually like shaping up for a moment, like when they had it in Notre Dame, and I was like picturing that Notre Dame scene, but in the big house, and it was making me sick to my stomach as I was watching the plays happening. And then like the pick happened in the blink of an eye, and I didn't even like really want to stick around and see if they're going to review it. I was just like, I'm counting it. Like, there's a world where they they pick it off. I run into the iron bowl, and I convince myself it never was overturned. But yep, nope, he picked it off. I saw it with my own eyes because I was like, I'm not entertaining the fact that he dropped that ball. Like it had to have been a pick. I did but think that sweaty. that game was going to end in a Kyle McCord pick before that drive, but I also didn't think Ohio State would have moved it that fast and gave me false hope. Yeah. As it got going, and then they got the lucky break of the fumble that they recovered. I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Like things are stacking here that like they might. It was win the tide game. was turning, and you could you could feel <laughs> it in the room. It was like, "Oh oh boy, <laughs> Evan, your kind of like main takeaways or takes you have from the game." Um, from your point where I thought like it was over, Ohio State had a moment to answer. Um. I think it was – they tied it up 17-17. I think Michigan went right down the field and scored 24-17. And then I think that following drive, I'm pretty sure Michigan – not a Michigan. Ohio State went three and out. Um, Just had a real – three plays for one yard. Yeah, just had a real blunder of a drive there. So I feel like that there – and I think Michigan kicked another field goal after that. Mm -hmm. So they had a 10-point lead. It's just kind of like 10 points with what, I don't know, eight minutes left. It's kind of hard to get back of based off of the offense that Michigan has. And we saw that there at the end where Michigan had the ball. I know they only kicked another field goal, but to take five to seven minutes off the clock with I couldn't ease. believe Ohio State got even got the ball back. I thought for sure Michigan was going to run it out. It's going to be over. I, they had they went for a fourth down at one point. I'm pretty sure if I do remember correctly, they went for a fourth, the fourth and two. And I think Ross said, oh, it's going to be another Blake Horn they went for one and they did a play action pass. They did a play action pass, I believe, or a quick. That just felt was, like any short yardage situation. That was actually earlier in the game. Surprisingly, easily got it. Just felt like every time, like if they didn't get on third and one, they were getting it on fourth and one. It just never felt like Ohio State had any ability to stop them, and it also yeah. felt like any time Ohio State gets close, Michigan would just 
punch back. I did say at one point I did say or think to myself in the second half, just as like this kind of does suck that these aren't two like SEC or like shit defenses because you see other games and rivalry games and it's like forty eight to forty five. You see like the fifty to whatever it is LSU Ole Miss game. And here we're limited possession, so every possession we're matters. And it's like, it. yeah, we are Big Ten buffeting it for most of the game, and we want to see points as a third party. Not, doesn't really care too much about the game. I want to see points, yeah. But everybody really wants to see a good game. So it's just one of those things. You didn't really get that many good big plays to inflate the scoreboard. I mean, but overall, I do think that most of these teams are evenly matched, and it comes down to the person under center and that's the difference in the game. JJ McCarthy never made a mistake and McCord made I mean he had the last interception. He had pocket in his that, face. It's a young quarterback. He's gonna throw the ball no matter what. I think seventy five percent of the quarterbacks are gonna throw that ball in that situation. It's the shit um, pick in the beginning. It's the interception in the in your own backed up in your own yeah area. Really. Plus the missed field goal at the end of the first half. Um, it's, I think those two mistakes was what cost him the game. Not so much the last drive. I will say JJ tried to make an idiotic young QB mistake. Mm. Like my God, that throw like hundred percent. It worked out good throw. You can say whatever you want to say about it. I don't really care if I am a Michigan fan or any a football fan. You do not want to see JJ ever try to do anything like that ever again. Because that could what player just, he was calling on? He threw it across it was, um, his body. It was on that. Oh yes, he was rolling out right. He threw all the way across his body. That and he actually like, that was in six. Looked like yes, I know what player you're talking about. It looked like a pick six, but the yes. uh, guy fell down as he was like coming. Could in. could yeah, have I been no when he absolute got disaster. Like if they, if he tries to make a throw like that in the playoff or in a national championship game, the result could <laughs> easily go the other way where it's an interception. So. That would good for him that he completed it, but Jesus, I would have been off my rocker if a Michigan State quarterback. He had a couple. He had a couple, um, like butterfly ones. He had the rollout to the right where he hit uh someone on the sideline. That was a hell of a throw. That they kept their uh, he, crazy he throw one in there. So what was the room? I know bias is involved, and it really like. Was one of those bang bang plays in this rivalry. The Roman Wilson touchdown was an insane throw. I'm obviously seeing it through Michigan glasses. So I was like, I thought it was a touchdown. It, it was more like whatever they call it on the field. You just got to run yeah. with it. Um, I think because I, I just thought like, like it was it was a weird spot on his shoulder. But Ty goes to offense and like all his, like that's just how it is in sports. I was like, I feel like you. I don't you just got to give it to him. The only second that you can overturn that second opinion that I had coming through it was. The ball could have slightly been moving, and he didn't complete the process. But then you could also argue, well, he got it stripped or ripped out from the defender. Uh, I was indifferent on either of the calls. I mean, hell of a throw, hell of a catch. I just think I don't know what the Ohio State guy was doing. I think his number was twenty. One guy just had to turn around, and it would have. He was facing. He was facing JJ. And then literally as soon as J.J. broke, that's when he turned around and he fitted through that tight window. I think if that kid just faced J.J. the entire time, he probably would have been able to jump up and just get a hand on it. Pick it, deflect it. But, hey, he didn't. So hell of a play right there. And 
I, I think I touched on it earlier. I was like, who's going to cover Roman Wilson? Because I know the tight ends ate you up, but you kind of live with the tight ends eating you up because they're not going to run away from you. Get down the red zone. You have one, Michigan has one offensive weapon, target, skill guy. And that was Roman Wilson. He made the play. Because Donovan Edwards is still in the portal. Because Donovan Edwards has entered the transfer portal, correct? Mentally in the portal. 10 carries, though. 31 yards. He didn't, and a pass. He, he, got the throw he did have a he pass. He had that, but other than that, running the ball, he still just that was a hell like of a play. What a way to start the fourth quarter. That was sick. Was that the play? Of the, that was the first play of the fourth quarter? Yeah, sorry. The fourth God, quarter. Grant, you have oh, too much details in your head. This is what you should see. I mean, I, re- I rewatched it last night. And I was like, I've, I mean, I've seen everything there is to see about this game. Yes, I the craziest thing, though, is like there's so many different parts of it, but I've seen a couple stats that have really like kind of blown me away. Um, this one being the biggest uh, since so the last 22 meetings in this game, the team that has the most Michigan rushing yards wins. It's the Michigan State Michigan. Michigan, just, Michigan State Michigan stat. Is that, do they have one similar? They had that? that one for like the previous like 40 or 30 games. It was like that. It's just wild to think that like all these angles we look at and, and, and <laughs> it was and actually who whole, knows, but it's like it, the point of emphasis. Grant, I don't know what kind of pre games you watch or whatnot. I know you touched on like the big new kickoff, but they just kept on asking Urban like, "What do you think of the game? Like, what's the key factor?" And he he literally just kept on saying that it was like Ohio State has to be able to run the football because the last twenty one games, so whoever runs the ball is more does it, and Ohio State hasn't done that. <laughs> And it's still funny because he didn't do it. I did do. Thanks for asking. I did do Big Noon kickoff because I was boycotting game day with the rest of the blue wall. So I refused to put it on the TV in the morning. Good for you, man. <laughs> which is which is funny, though. I thought about the hip- hypocrisy because I remember last year at uh, Alex's house, I refused to do Fox until it was noon because I didn't want to see Urban Meyer's face. And now I've gone full <laughs> heel. and like, I actually will listen to Urban Meyer because I'm boycotting Pete Thamel and ESPN. <laughs> I mean, Urban's but it, to, better than Urban's awesome on TV. He's awesome. They don't on let TV. him. He's the. He, they don't let him break down know. games enough. He should be breaking down every single game, every single matchup of every like, single weekend. He spends a majority because I'll be honest, I've watched a little more Big Noon Kickoff than usual this year when Urban was bright like, green tie. You know, potentially going to be a coach. <laughs> so I watched a little. More. He like just sits there for like seventy percent of the show. Like no one asks him anything. And then when he talks, you're like, holy shit, he actually knows about football and you have all these other bozos talking. Like, why wouldn't we have him talk? Mark, I could use less Mark Ingram more. Oh, why even make Mark Ingram do. fly to Ann Arbor? Like, Dude, go, be in, go be in Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, yeah, be the sideline reporter at the Iron Yes. <laughs> the joke. Um, to your point, though, yeah, they really did. I mean, I don't know if it's because Ohio State got away from it, but um, Travion Henderson looked pretty, like, a pedestrian running back Injured. from Michigan's defensive line. Oh, he was coming up limp. He's been help- he was yeah, limping yeah. around during the game. At towards Yeah, but I think in the beginning still, though, he wasn't popping much off. Chip Trainum, actually, if you look at his numbers, was 6 for 37. I think he did look okay, but um, I don't know. They, they threw it 30 times, ran it 28. I know we talked about in the preview. They didn't really run the ball Ohio State too well. Michigan didn't run it amazingly, but – just definitely more consistent. And I think the biggest difference too, like just thinking about the two teams, is like you really 
can just rely on that third and one and fourth and one, like Alex said. Like I'm almost, I'm at the point where I'm stunned if a team stuffs Michigan on a third and one or fourth. That's how I feel like the Lions like automatically in my brain. Just feels like they're always going to pick up. Yeah, the- I did. I did even. I even turned to Ryan during the fourth and inches on the goal line, and Michigan easily got into the touchdown. And he was upset. And I was like, did you honestly think you were going to stop him on the fourth and an inch? I mean, did be you honest, honestly think you were going to stop him? Saying that doesn't make anyone feel better in the moment. Correct. I get that. But like <laughs> deep down as a football person, you just have to realize like – Evan was saying we, we got to chalk this up. Every time it was one yard, he's like, you all, this is the first down. Evan was doing that. <laughs> and you're right. I, and, but I, I have zero proof of telling me otherwise it's not going to be a first down. I have zero proof of telling me it's not going to be a first down. It's fair. And – I know Ohio State doesn't have that luxury. I guess who ran into who ran into each other? And that was the only time you guys stopped it. It was because you guys ran into each other. Yeah. Is that the game I was thinking? Of? Is that was it the Michigan? Did you guys run into each other? Or was I thinking of something? I was thinking of the Packers game. Take that back. Erase everything I just oh, said. I'm blending the games. Too many football. Too, like much football sure, yeah. that's, that's, that's right. Too much football this weekend. That's right. Too much football this weekend. Dylan ran into Jordan Love. Too much football. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That was a Packers game. That was a great moment. Um now, Ohio State can't do it to that level of consistency, but put yourself – you guys basically were Ohio State fans in this game. You have I want more motion. I'm curious, Ryan – I about- want more motion and more like I, you have to get eye candy with this offense. Of how many people you have to account for, you have to start moving people yeah. around. It's too traditional NFL style, only, either only one guy in motion. Okay, if we want Marvin Harrison, he's going to line up in the slot instead of on the outside. He's going to line up a little Is tighter. So no, like start moving people around. No, but I like it because I was curious, like Ryan Day is getting some coaching questions. Mine was more about his lack of aggressiveness, especially compared to Sharon Moore. And again, I know the offensive he line is different, but questionable calls that I've I was a little, little tipsy high noon, but I was call. I mean, I, I said notably it was the third drive of the game. Both teams punted, you know, tight. A lot of people, were a lot of people in OSU 46. And I'm just like, if you're not going for that and you've lost the last two, I know it's at the 50 and it is a defensive game. I don't think it was a bad decision then. The big decision was end of the half, fourth and two. You go for a 52-yard field goal. You play for that. That was crazy. Because there was only like a minute left on the clock. You're not going to get – like Michigan's not going to try to go down the field in 52 seconds. They've never done that under the Harbaugh era. Like if there's 52 seconds left and Michigan has more than 60 yards to go, they're going to just run it twice and take a knee. So you don't have to worry about giving them the ball back. The fourth and two at the Michigan 34 – and they just decided to run it down and kick a 52-yard field goal was such behavior from Ryan Day. That was where I was like, I think he might just be overthinking this whole thing, especially when you're on the road, you've lost two in a row, and then you look at the other side, and Sharon Moore, he played pretty fast and loose. Like He was going to make the aggressive decisions, even if it cost them. They picked up two fourth and ones on a touchdown drive. Granted, you have a better offensive line, but one of the calls was that play action pass to Loveland. That was a ballsy call too. Like everything that he did on the other side, I thought was I think it was it's, surprising to me. It's so. more than fair to say that Ryan Day is probably a bit in his head about this game. Uh, you know, considering people call for his job every year now when he goes eleven and one because he can't win the one game that the fan base cares about. And you've seen Ohio State in the past fire a guy who couldn't beat Michigan. So I'm sure he's overthinking it. I am sure we talk about coaches, how they make shitty choices all the time. He's 
probably great in games against like Purdue and other teams where he doesn't have to think. He's just like, yeah, go for it. We'll get it. But in this game, he's he seems to be overanalyzing it, doing too much. And I'm not going to say like they lost strictly because of his coaching. I wouldn't say that's fair. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, your players have to execute. So that is what it is. But so there's certainly question marks. He certainly did some things where I'm like, that's not what a a coach that is wants to win would do. Like he just seems more conservative, like you said, Grant. And then also to Evan's point earlier, I feel like when I used to watch Ohio State, they did have Garrett Wilson running across the middle, Lave across the middle, crossers, like movement, guys up the seam, like doing a bunch of crazy shit I've never seen before. And I'm like, holy shit, how does anybody ever <laughs> gonna stop Ohio State? And then now I watch him and it's just like vanilla pro style offense that just doesn't make me think like I need to be terrified of them at all. Like they just, they're not the same flash that they used to be. I don't know if that's a Ryan day thing. I don't know if that's a Brian Arline thing or I don't know, but it could be someone. Brian calls the play. So I think it's Ryan. I would assume it's Ryan. Just wanted to get, get <laughs> did a you guys Arline see that clip of him bouncing around in the yeah, was before bad. the games? <laughs> I don't think I did see that clip. Oh, it was. I mean, uh, I've watched it. I've watched it twenty-five it times. It's so funny. I don't think I've, <laughs> I just I don't think I've seen time. that. I, this might be sacrilegious to say, as I've been on the uh, bad place to be social media. You know, on my for you, I see a lot of Ohio State accounts now because of the whole sign stealing thing. Like they, Elon Musk's algorithm would feed them to me because he knows I'm. That's what I'm looking to keep my eyeballs on the app. I do, in a weird way, I feel a little bit bad for some of them. They're like more respectful ones because it does suck. And granted, I'm not like I'm still going to laugh at them and have fun at their misery because one one big Ohio State account put it best. He goes, I cannot believe Michigan fans did this eight times in a row. He goes, we've lost three in a row and I just can't I can't even imagine five more. I actually this. have a great point on this. Uh, friend at work, it? Ohio State fan. He said to me today, he's like, I I know like whatever Michigan blah blah blah. He's like I know you have a bunch of Michigan friends. Like he literally asked me, he's like how how did they deal with this? Because like this is this is terrible. <laughs> I said to him and I was like, well they had the the Rich Rod Brady Hoke years where they were just like they were just bad in general, losing to everybody. So mm -hmm. like at least. You know, you're winning other games. He's like, but yeah, but does it honestly matter? And I was like, well, the advice I was given that you just was like, you just got to go numb to it and not care about college football or just like pick other teams and other players. And he's like, yeah, it's just, it's a dark time right now. I don't know how I'm going to come out of it. So down bad. He was down <laughs> bad today. It was 43 degrees this morning. He came in at an A. You can cut this part. But it was 43 degrees this morning. He came in and just straight up a polo. And I was like, dude, it's 40 outside. And he's like, I'm just numb to everything right now, man. <laughs> like, wow. Dude, it is it is so twisted. And we are we are like when you know girls look at us and like, why do you care so much? Like, this is stupid. And they try to make us feel dumb. It, I do agree sometimes because it shouldn't make sense that like – Coffee tastes better in the morning after you beat Ohio State. Like every like problems. The sun was shining higher. Birds were chirping louder. We beat Ohio State. The 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 snow on the flight in from sunny Auburn looks beautiful to me. Like oh, a nice crisp snowfall. I love this. We're back in the mitten state. Like Ohio State fans could never deal with this adversity. Like everything in your life is just like we're just better than them in their state. And a lot of their like the one guy. Oh my god. 
I was feeling myself. I was saving all my bookmarks for that moment. The one dude on that, uh, I think his name's Big Ryan. I want to shout him out for being an absolute gigantic loser. I just quote tweeted one of his tweets that, where he would said Michigan's super soft and they'll for sure lose. And I always said was, oh, man, dot, 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 instant block. That, I think that's just fair. Just from one quote tweet from their account. I mean, I honestly do. Because no. it, maybe not blocking, but, like, no. you know how many people, like, when you yeah. lose a game like that, it's just time to just – you just don't want to see it. Like, when Michigan State loses a game, they should not lose when they're, like, ranked highly or loses some shit team. Like, when they lose to Purdue, like, it's, like, full week. I don't want to see social media at all. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. And I but, think that's totally fair. Yeah. It's just because – we're so invested. It's disgusting how invested we are. I was listening to a podcast <laughs> and Bill Simmons, like, because someone asked him, like, how, like, what some non sports fan was like, how, and then, like, why are you so invested in sports? Like, what is it? Like, what's it about sports? And he's like, I honestly don't know. I think you're just born with it. Like, there's just some people that are just born who just love sports. Like, you just have it, like, when you're like five years old. Now think about the three of us when we were all five. We it's just, just how you're raised. When you when you're waking up or growing up every single day, and there is a sports game on the TV, no matter what it is, Red Wings, Pistons, Lions, Tigers, no matter how bad or how good we were, it was on the TV. And when you grow up with that, it is a mindset. Growing up and going to Michigan State football games, going to the tailgate, experiencing that since you were like three years old, it's part of your life. It's part of your DNA, and that will never go away. And now with social media. It just keeps on building up and building up and building up to more and more until there's a climax of so like personal. the actual like euphoria of winning the greatest game of all time. And we haven't experienced that yet. Our peak right now between Alex and I was Michigan State, Michigan. That was our peak. That was our peak of our fandom for any sport that we've ever experienced. Right now, Grant, you I would probably be you Michigan, Ohio State currently right now. And I was trying to think of. I was all in the whole home. I was like, oh, do Michigan fans really care that much? But I was like, you think about it. You put me in their shoes in like that big of a rivalry. This game matters more than anything. Like more yeah. than anything. Hand up. I was getting annoyed by Grant's tweets because he was just fired. I was, off. I was, was I getting was like, annoyed and I was like, I was like, you know what? If, if it was Michigan State and they had just done something like this, like I would have been feeling the exact same way. I would just want to tell everybody and just get in everyone's face about it and be like, yeah, we're awesome. I get it. The Grant should never have to apologize for a win, and that's what we say about you cherish the wins, and in that moment, and in this situation, you're going to your third consecutive Big Ten championship game. You're going to win your third consecutive Big Ten championship. You're going to go to playoff for a third year in a row. I mean, that game matters. For years to come, that game's going to matter. Now, it's, if they're going to get taken away in three or four years from now, well, but Grant, like you said, you're not going to apologize for the moment that you felt in on Saturday. You'll always have that memory. The biggest X factor in this whole game, which is something big picture wise I wanted to touch on, was to your point, Alex, I agree. Like if you are like I would I would shut my phone off and be like, yeah, I'm not dealing with any of that. The difference with those people though is the build up to this game is so will probably never happen again. It's just the amount of shitstorm it was and like all those Ohio State fans and everyone that would like I can just picture their their voices and their like on their little fingers. Oh, Michigan is going to lose by 14 points tomorrow. They're so soft. They're so screwed without Connor Stallions. Like I only went after the people that I just seen on my feed making declarative statements two weeks before the game that oh, Michigan was screwed. And it's like, if I did that, if I went on our Twitter account and was like Michigan by 15 tomorrow or whatever, and Ohio State's quote tweeted me, I'm not going to go block them because that's fair. That's good nature. I'm not saying block. And I respect I'm the saying ones. more so like just turn your social media off and not look. 
and yeah. not respond. Like that's more what I mean. Yeah, my biggest thing is like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk that smack pregame, which is I will never do that in the Ohio State game. Like I will talk crap about their program, but I'm never gonna sit here and like be cocky about beating them because I do have like that respect for how good of an opponent they are. Um, but the biggest thing to this though, like what made this so different, is this really is. I've heard some other people say it, it's almost like it was three wins against Ohio State in one moment because. Then if you th- just sit back and think the world where Ohio State wins that game and the narrative that the two wins before didn't really count because Michigan was cheating. Like this was about proving that the last three years of Michigan football were legitimate. And yeah, they did break rules and they are paying a punishment that they might be worse in the future. But if they lose this game, but that's the pressure of this. If they had lost this game. You could just, and I would even believe it. Part of it, I'd be like, wow, maybe Michigan really wasn't that good. Maybe the cheating did help them that much. For them to go out there and prove it and win a tight game and a very important game, it was like validation that, you know what? They are as good as Ohio State. They've now flipped it to where Ohio State's had a whole recruiting class go through that's never beat Michigan. There's only been like two players on Michigan's roster now that even know what Ohio, losing to Ohio State's like. Like it's flipping the mentality of between the two schools. I really do think it comes down to like thinking back to when Michigan changed. It was um, Harbaugh getting serious and stop hiring like his buddies and Don Brown is and Pep Hamilton as coordinators, like hiring legit NFL level defensive minds and Sharon Moore being a gem and the strength coach, Ben Herbert, because Michigan just looks like tougher when you watch them run around. Ohio state was a lot tougher this year. I do respect them for that. Like I think as a whole unit, Yes, C.J. Stroud's way better than the court, but as a whole unit, they were more intimidating as a team. Um, but it just it just flipped it all. And I did think about you guys, too. I was like, that moment you guys had when Brantley picked it off against McNamara, that's, that was like my moment when Rod Moore sealed that. I don't remember a ton of games where like the biggest game was sealed on a pick like that. And that had to be a similar feeling where like just pure relief and elation because the other team is driving to potentially win the game. And you make a play on defense to end it. Like that's a, that was a great feeling. I was like, that's probably what it felt like inside Spartan Stadium when Brantley picked that off, and Gus Johnson on both calls too. Gus was a little much for me this Saturday. Just the biscuit in the basket got a huge pop at the tailgate when he said that lot. line. But I did also I do. hate that some of the most. Well, I always am the traditional guy where like the best game of the week should be in prime time. Just for like the build up of that whole day build up. It's like boom, dude. Saturday morning hits, it's eight AM, dude. It's like you gotta get going. Like your game, the best game that you want to watch is in four hours. And when you got stuff to do in the morning, it does kind stress of, me out that it has to be it kinda hinders that. I, I want the stress all day. I want the that anxiety built up all day. I want everybody to be talking about it twenty four seven all day on Saturday. Hmm. It sucks as a fan, though, because the nerves. But that's big. part of like our fandom, how sick and disgusting we are. We like that feeling, though. Deep down, we like that feeling. So also, do you guys think it's re- um, kind of absurd that like we're comfortable like divorcing our wives and spouses, but we are unable to divorce a sports team? Absolutely. Is that a problem? Well, I threatened it last week. I threatened my sports team last week, and then as yeah, soon as we know we're physically not capable of it, yet correct. I am unable to. This country is fifty percent, and that's how never. much sickos we are. We just nope, can't do it. We have the 
Yeah, that feels like very like case by case basis, though. I don't. I, it's kind of hard to generalize. I don't know, Grant. Could you like actually divorce the Tigers and pick a new team? Grant, we drove all the way to Detroit and to watch a team put up fifty total yards of offense when we didn't have to. We physically did not have to. Every single action that we had to on no, but we chose to because a two percent chance we're like, well, Penn State's really not that good. But that's more like you're you're there for the camaraderie. I'm just telling you, Grant. I know for a fact before the game, you had the Rich Rod Brady Hoke years. You were big, like numb to it. But like here we are. I was kind of divorced. Here we are. I was on a break from them. It wasn't a full divorce, but it was a break. Not a divorce. It was a break. If you count, I watched like three games a year. And here you are. So fast. I was just that you're like, like near tears. I was after a, t- a victory on Saturday. <laughs> well, instead of three games a year, I'll roll one up you and say, we'll get season fan. tickets. <laughs> Beat that. <laughs> we'll just go. <laughs> you guys are a different level for that. I do wish there was one time, like, I wouldn't have traded Iron Bull for anything, but like, if there was a moment I could like go back in time and be in, I would have liked to have been there for the Zach Zinter injury moment because I listened to Joel Klatt on his podcast and he's just kind of like, He's a sentimental guy in, in general from injuries. Didn't did he have a big injury when he was a college football player? Wasn't alive really. Well, I was alive. I could, don't know. Really he said he said like big injuries like that when their seniors like get to him, and he said like uh, they didn't show they didn't see on the broadcast, but like the big house started chanting like "Let's go Zach" when it was dead quiet, and he said he started crying like in the booth and had to like turn away from the field because it was making him emotional, and then. Corum follows it up with a 22-yard run. That out for me was the moment when Corum ran that in and flashed like the 6-5 after that injury. I was like, oh, Michigan's not losing this game. I Granted, it's too early still to say that in the game, but that's when I felt like good after like bully ball. You just lost the best offensive lineman you have. I believe I Probably said out loud three when player Michigan got on your team. that injury that they were going to win because of it. So, well... <laughs> Just sick. It's and Will sick Johnson went out after teams. that too. It's crazy. This is where I'm at. Sickening. Because like I know based on yeah. the fact that you just said you listened to Joel Klatt's pot podcast this week, like I know you are just digesting as much content as possible about this game and about this team, and you just it just probably occupies like seventy percent of your brain space right now. It's, I've listened to every like college football podcast. That's what I mean. There. And I've 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 done that Pretty before, much. and it's just like. Wow, we are sickos. I can't wait for the Big Ten uh, cinematic highlights when those drop. I don't know if they still do them, but they're so mm. juice. George Klatt's career did end with a nasty hit. Thank you, Evan. That was a great pull. I figured that had he hinted. He was hospitalized for weeks I, I, with I, a severe concussion that ended his career. Jesus. The sick thing is, like, with our culture, they're so fleeting now. Like, everyone's chasing the next thing, and fan bases are so spoiled these days and think that, like, every season should be 12 wins or we suck. And I'm, like, trying to remind myself just to soak it. I've said this probably multiple times on the podcast, but, like, just soak it in every week. Like, yeah, you're playing Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, but treat that like it's the Super Bowl because you don't know when your team's going to be back there. Like, you just have to take every single game. Like, it's the most important thing when you're on a run like this. And then when they're bad, like, at least for me, I know you guys bought season tickets. Like, I would just simply watch a different thing. Like, I can kind of do that if they get really bad. We are but, sick, though. Like, when it's high, just enjoy it. We are disgusting. We don't even, we still watch them when they're terrible. I watched every single game start to finish this year, besides. There's, there's games on TV 
And I, if I have a chance, and there's games, other games on TV, and I'm watching the Michigan State game, or I have a chance to watch the Michigan State game, I pick them over the other good football games. I believe I texted our gambling degenerates chat, and I said, I'm such a s- I wish I was watching the game you guys were all watching, but I'm watching Michigan State Rutgers. I was <laughs> streaming. <laughs> Where were I at? was streaming the Indiana-Michigan State game on the way, on a car ride home from the UP, or from Kingsley. I could have just yeah. simply just not even cared. It's just... As Bill Simmons said, you know, you're just born with it. We're just born with the love of sports. Disgusting. I will say not to overreact, but I think that win has pretty much solidified that I'm totally fine with Sharon Moore being the next head coach. As that would be overreacting. Like, I think that considering this I think is he the just team that earned the stripes, I think I'm in staff and Jim's everything. But yes, yeah, I could talk you out of that. I think in two months. When this all wears off a little bit. Now it'd be a late hire, though. It'd be a late hire. The shine's going to wear off. Could be a great coach. I mean, I transitioned. The shine of Sharon Moore may wear off. The shine of this win will wear off a little bit to the where you'll have more, like, clarity and, like, sense talking about him. Like, he could also, well, I guess he actually won't see him coach a game again as a head coach, unless he is your head coach. But I mean, just saying, like when you put everything together, and you have to realize that Jim Jim built this with the help of Sharon, sure. But like, it's not Sharon's team; it's Jim's team, and Sharon just filled in and coached it. The the, the parallels between the two programs this is kind of my last parting thoughts of like future big picture talk. Is um, in a lot of ways, this game felt like the 2016 game. Just Michigan was on the other side of it because. Ohio State fans can sit there and think like they really were in it the whole way. They just made one or two bad plays um, that cost them. And then they also have some controversial calls. They're like holding on to like, obviously they're going to see the Roman Wilson touchdown a different way. Whereas Michigan fans see JT is short a different way. Like it kind of was that um, full circle moment where like how terrible that loss was. Like this is probably what it feels like to be on the other side of it. Obviously they didn't go to overtime. Um, but I did like recognize that. And then too, like as I listened to them talk about their fan base with Ryan Day, they just gotta be careful. Like I know I like I like making the third base jokes, and I do think he's an overall like corny dude and kind of like cringy at times. But again, I'm very biased in that. I do think I mean I like, can't deny he's a very good coach and whatever he was handed to go fifty seven and six or fifty six and seven, and your only losses are three to Michigan, three in the playoff, and one to Oregon. I mean, any almost any team in the country is signing up for that. I think every team is. It's like maybe you, like one, two. They they just have to like remind themselves like Harbaugh was zero and five versus Ohio State before he got to this point now, and he's still only three and five versus Ohio State. No, like, does he get credit for this all win? time? So I'd give it to him. He was there all week. I guess technically he not. was given the softest <laughs> punishment good- of all time by the NCAA. So yes. Alex, that's a good. That's a good troll bit when people say three and five. Just like no, asterisk sorry, two and four, <laughs> two, two and five. All right, no two, two and five. five. Two and five. But like, if if uh, and Ohio State's getting a new athletic director too, so it is kind of a weird time. That athletic director is knowing how his first move as being in office is five canning the head coach of the football team. I agree. My question is: He's one in three right now. I was thinking about this today, driving home from work because it consumes me. And I was we're sick of show. Question: I want to. Question: I want to ask you guys is like, what record? How many losses would I have to get to 
where he wins every other game but keeps losing this game. Like Harbaugh was 0-5, and I myself was ready to move on if they wanted to after the COVID year. I was like, whatever. He did like, say just, that. Just do it if you have to. Harbaugh would have been. Hand up. I was, I was been so sick of that. Correct. 100%. They would have they would have lost by the hundred that Ryan Day said they were a pitiful program at that point. He's one and three. What does he have to get to where you're like, oh my god, we might actually have to one fire and six. Three more. I think the Heat's gonna be on next year for sure if he loses again. Especially back in the horseshoe. Like it's it's gonna get toxic level. It already is. The thing, level. the like, silver yeah, line the is why hates him. Next year they're gonna be able to lose that game and they're gonna make the playoff. So there's a chance like they could lose that game and win a national championship. And Ohio State has so much talent on them. Are they really going to lose to like a lower seed and with a month? You of saw it last year. Ohio State was a field goal away from winning the national championship. So even with losing to <laughs> Michigan, so yeah, like he he pretty much has proven, even though they didn't, he proven he can win a title there because that's just a kicker missing a field goal and then you win the game. He literally did everything right besides somebody doing their job. Yeah. He can win the yes. title there, so I, so you can't fire be, him. But at the same time, if you keep losing to Michigan, yeah, it's going to. You're right. That's why this game was so important because they. This the last one that had people, that much meaning. <laughs> I kept explaining to SEC people like all weekend, like guys, this is the last the game as we know it. It's all different after this. They might start playing. I will say this: I'm going to be. Year. Who knows? I can't. I can't have them in the playoff. I cannot have. There's a scenario, and I have it. That'll make me sick. They don't. There's Grant. This scenario is not happening. Zero percent. Don't have to worry about it. Live to move on. No, it's not going. No, Alex has it. Good. It's not. Okay, let's hear all these eighteen different variations of this happening. Four four games. Well, you thought Louisville was going to make the playoff, and they got skunked by Stoops. Thought. Louisville would make the playoff. I was Thank just making sure that, you that knew huge. that they had a chance. No, I actually I knew the they suit. didn't have a chance. <laughs> can Washington beat Oregon? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. they can. I've already proven it. Can Georgia beat Alabama? Yes, Georgia's the best yes. team in the country. Okay, okay good. Good. Can <laughs> Texas lose to Oklahoma State? Uh, I think they could. I think they could. Could, but I don't see it. And could Florida State lose to Louisville? Florida State could lose to Louisville, correct. Yes, they could. Okay, those four games happen. Ohio State's in the playoff. See, that's what makes me scared. Because yes, I didn't I come up with a scenario that was zero percent. I came up with a scenario that could happen. It's a pl- it would take I, a lot I of crumbling. In the parlay. It's a it's a Plus six thousand six hundred eighty nine parlay. So you wager five dollars, you'd win three hundred thirty four. That's not the craziest. It's like a long shot parlay. I mean, technically, it's a. But there's part of me that still thinks that they're going to put like Oregon is going to be ranked higher than Ohio State, regardless of the outcome. Regardless, just ranked higher, regardless of the outcome of the Pac twelve championship game. It puts Georgia in. Can I ask a question? Part of me thinks that Alabama will still be ranked higher regardless, well, based on the outcome. It all depends on ranked higher, Alex. You're talking about 13 idiots giving their opinion on football teams. I don't think 13 idiots are going to put two lost teams over one loss, (laughs) a one loss Ohio State. Well, Well, Ward Manuel's part of those idiots, so he might. A six-point loss to what will be the number two team in the country, or maybe one. I'm more likely to. (sighs) Yeah, Grant. Here's a question. I think it's pretty obvious. If 
Oregon's favored by nine and a half points. If they win that game, which is the most likely situation, one loss Washington gets in over Ohio State as the four seed, right? No, I would say I would say Washington gets in over Ohio State. I think Washington should. That would make because Washington's only loss would be to a team that they have already beat. Plus, they were in their conference championship game. I would think that That Washington would make it. I can easily, 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 easily see (laughs) Ohio State making it. Oh, I could see Ohio State making it too because it's about money. It's not about who's the best four teams. It's about what's going to generate the most money for everybody. That Penn State Notre Dame win, but oh, that sucks. Ohio State versus Georgia would be so bad. Like Washington could actually give Georgia some fits. That's what we thought last year. And Ohio Ohio State was a field goal from winning the national championship. They had CJ Stroud though. Oh, but Ohio State CJ Stroud had the best game of his career in that game as well. A month preparation with NFL players on your roster. But not an NFL quarterback. This year's Washington offense is more like last year's Ohio State offense than anything. It's like similar. I just like think Washington guy back there. They got a lot of players in the trenches by Georgia, and it would be gross. Ohio State at least has like some guys. Maybe I don't think Georgia would get spanked. I don't think Washington would get as spanked as you th- much as you think. What is can I ask this? What is Ohio State trying to do? Do we think long term? Because part of me watching the game is like I feel like they're trying to now play like they're Michigan, and I don't think they're ever going to consistently beat Michigan if they just try to imitate what Michigan. Well, does. remember Michigan tried to not to bring Michigan State into this, but Michigan tried to be like Michigan State and like run and be tough and all that before, and it never worked, and then all of a sudden it broke through, and they were. Well, they were right like under Harbaugh. They were power. They were power what they currently well, are. Not really under. Then they went to Shea Patterson. I th- yeah, on Jake Rudock and I them, they were power. Just, they were fullback, two tight ends. I think power. that was more just. I think that was more just Harbaugh's always trying to been bully like ball, that, but you guys he wouldn't to bully ball, but you weren't good at Harbaugh wouldn't adapt, and then he adapt, but he went too far extreme adapt where it was all speed, all speed. spread, and he didn't have the athletes, and then now he has a pretty good hybrid of okay, I need an athletic quarterback a dominant power run game, and then now I can use some athletes to my advantage. It's really more like the Rudock offense minus the fullback shit, but with a like Jay Rudock on steroids. Yes, like I would agree with that, game. Grant. A little bit more more creativity, yes. though, with the tight ends. Like, they actually have athletes. Correct. Tight good tight ends, and you have one receiver that can create a lot of space. Really good tight ends. Space. I think it's it's overreactionary. I, I just don't know what that. I don't. Ohio State's, State's in a limbo, though. I also agree, like would not agree that they're in limbo. Like as dumb as it, like as real as that feels in the moment after they lose to Michigan every year, it seems like. Grant, they have the best they're, track record. I know it doesn't help that they don't have a quarterback. Their wide receiver rooms every single year, every single year will have the best talent solely based off of their track record into the NFL. Like they they had dudes. Like is it eighteen year old Evan eighteen best ever one? Have your eighteen year old senior? How do you not go to like Ohio State and be like I? They put him in the NFL. They get him paid. It's Grant. I get it. Football's a cycle. They're gonna come out of it. They're going correct. Grant. I get it that some of them, some of the kids are like, well, they didn't win the national championship. They didn't beat Michigan. Some of the kids don't really give a shit. I want you're a stepping stone for my future in the NFL. A lot of kids. I would say some. I would say a lot. Majority. Yeah. I just – I feel like their best chance to beat Michigan is to double down on, like, explosive 
offense type Ohio State. The, if you put like, CJ Stroud on Ohio State, State this year, but I could be wrong. I that don't game know. could be different. It would be different. I would, I would think so. I'm not, I wouldn't want to do that. Marvin's upset even better than last year. Well, Alex, it's the same thing like we said every single time. College football relates. Is your quarterback better than the other team's quarterback? And if it's not, when then you have pretty a, much everywhere else. QB is what's going to win you the game. Correct. They're even everywhere else, basically, uh, and the quarterback decided the game. And that's Michigan State hasn't had a quarterback since 2015. Did they uh? Transitioning here, not a great transition, but did they drop the Jonathan Smith news yes, in the sir. middle of the Yes, in the middle of the Michigan Ohio State game. Right before halftime. That had to be quite the I mean it was kind of dropped How the night before, before, but the whole It was kind of dropped the night before, and then Colby got something like, Oh, it's gonna get announced either Sunday or Monday. And no shit, I grant I shit you not. It was literally like five to ten minutes later. Michigan State football was sending out tweets saying, Here's our new football coach. I was like, well, not Sunday or Monday. This is Saturday afternoon. Michigan State's plan from the jump was show that we can get a coach the day after our last game. So that we don't. Day after their last game. Hey, shout out to whoever scheduled that game being on Friday night instead of Saturday. So we can have our coach set up everything. Because we are not doing the Mel Tucker February hire, like try to recruit bullshit, like all that late. Nope. Transfer portal opens December 4th. We need a coach in place ready to go. And you, I mean, and it helped you had plenty of time. It was smart to get, like, when they got rid Correct. of Correct. We did have, for yeah. Months. But to actually pull that off is, is impressive. And I'm kudos to that. So to get the guy you want. What was the state? And to get him right away. This pretty, pretty, and shout out Oregon State for playing on Friday, too. That's what I'm saying. The stat you had said, Alex, was like how many times a Power 5 coach gets taken right from the head coaching job, wasn't it? What was the number? Uh, the well, that has like, dramatically increased this year. <laughs> yeah, it doubled. <laughs> it's happening this year. But basically it's like <laughs> every other – there was like from 2019 to now, well, just not including this year, there's only been – it was like Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley and like maybe a couple others total. And then there's two two seasons where there was zero in general, none. So it's pretty – it's not like – it's not common to poach a Power 5 coach. It's starting to become more common, I guess, because people have money to throw around. And it helps when you go from well, a Pac-12 to a Pac-2. Well, the big conferences have yeah, them more that money. That was a big situation. Like everybody's going to be leaving the ACC to coach because they don't have as much money anymore. And now what I when read going is to the SEC, they're going big, big 10. The Power 5 is like, I don't know, it's like 70 teams. And basically now coaches are viewing the Power 5 as like the Power 34. And there's like 34 teams actually that are now worth that kind of job. Is basically just the Big 10 and the SEC. And so – if you're a coach outside of those two conferences, it's like, how do I get into those two conferences where all the money is, where all the facilities are, where everything is that you need to be successful? So shout out being in the Big Tens or the SEC because you're now a top 35 job in the country. Just de facto. Feels good to be here. And I'm sure there'll be some Michigan fans that will hate me for it. I don't really care. I'm excited for you guys. I think if I had to grade the higher, I'd probably say it was like an A. CBS Sports I, I said today, A+. Plus. Bigger, but... Your cover three podcast, Grant, A+. Plus. Well, A+, plus is like you're just trying to get engagement because like a, what is A? Mike Elko to Texas A&M was B+. Plus. But I think like 
I think that hire of the Stoops Elko debacle at AM made your guys' hire look much better. It was good PR. <laughs> I fell asleep. That they I fell asleep thinking Mark Stoops was the Texas AM. I was like, well, they have more money. Woke up and Mark yeah. Stoops was like, so confused. F this, I'm staying in Kentucky. And I was like, wait, what happened in eight hours? And unbelievable that a fan, like I've used that word multiple times today, but unbelievable a fan base was able to pick their coach. And we're like, you know what? We don't want this guy. We're going to throw a tantrum on social media, and then their AD is. Is that soft what happened enough. with Texas A and M? Their AD is soft enough that he pulled that whole deal. Oh, well, I thought Mark Stoops just tweeted Luciano? and was like, "Yeah, I'm staying." No, I I think Texas A and M was Tennessee like, oh. did that to Greg Schiano. Yeah. Yeah, yes, they did. Example. Holy crap! That's I forgot crazy. that. He, oh my god! I forgot he was even. SEC is different. I learned that at the Iron Bowl. They just like. <laughs> Now that Mike Elko is going to Texas A&M and Elko is taking absurd heat from Duke fans because he he got on a plane in the middle of the night last night and flew to Texas A&M, like leaving the dark night, you know, type of deal where they just try to get away without. He didn't even say goodbye to his team or anything. No, just dipped. Well, he did a Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley did the same thing. He just FaceTimed his team. I know, but he's taking some serious heat. But anyways, Evan, (laughs) big hater of Mike Elko, so you're sure you're okay with that. I'm not a big hater of him. I just think he looks like Elmer Fudd, and I could not support a guy that I just giggle at the entire time he's on the sideline. It's reported that Michigan State only offered one coach the job, Jonathan Smith, who took it, and that Elko was there too, but they did not offer him a job. So if Elko goes to Texas A&M, Evan. Your message boards. And be, that's not a message board, Evan. That's a, that's <laughs> yes, a it written, is. That's a written. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying that part. The stats that you disputed is fine. But all the other message boards is saying that these are our top candidates and all that bullshit. Absurd. Those people don't know shit. I, Evan, our top three was like clear from whenever I started saying it. It was Jonathan Smith, Mike Elko, Lance. No, there was no top three. If you never offered the other three people a position. They were finalists. They got to the final interview, and only one person got offered the job because that guy t- took it. I, mean, I don't know where we would have gone if he said no. My point is, I would like to dunk on Justin Spiro tonight. That loser. yeah, that guy <laughs> suck it. But he's not. He's not even affiliate. He's not even a real media person. I don't even know what he does. He's us, I guess. He is a podcast, but he gets yeah. people because his podcast is anyways. So we didn't offer Mike Elko. Good. Thank God. So if we find out Mike Elko becomes the next, you know, Kirby Smart, we'll have to remember this moment that we chose Jonathan Smith instead. We'll see what happens. Good. I'll see you in the. I'll see in the playoff forever and, now. In our minds, Elko and Smith forever linked. See in the playoff that either. What, five years. Alex, I'll be drinking my champagne and bourbon when we're hosting a playoff game at Spartan Stadium in five years. That would, that would be sick. Evan, you fully in on Jay he Smith now? Be. There's no way he's not. I mean, it, it is exciting. I mean, there's nothing to like, oh, crap, here we go again. I mean, it, it's a as much as I said that, like I was nervous about it. I was scared about it. I mean, it would be mean and stupid of me to think of everything that could go wrong instead of being like hopeful and supportive. I think I'm also like that. I'm also that fan that's like, oh my gosh, I still can't get over this transfer portal, and just seeing 95 percent of my roster just disappear in front of my eyes today. It's like, oh, I like those guys. It's you knew it was going to happen. This is how. Well, yes, I knew it was going to happen, but not your entire quarterback room was going to leave on the same day. 
It is a little <laughs> surprising, but it's not like Smith isn't going to bring people in. You got to be prepared from that when, uh, I mean, Thorne and Keon were crazy now, when that happened. Like, that was like the fans that are already like, oh my God, Jonathan Smith's terrible. Look at all these people transferring. None of these dudes are his players. So just stop. Well, those are <laughs> those are just overreacting. And also, the, my biggest you know takeaway, not that you can win a press conference or – well, you can, but everyone's like – Dan Campbell like, won over. doesn't matter. Everyone. And I mean, Smith hasn't even had but. his official <laughs> press conference. But Mel Tucker told the Michigan State fan base that he was just – it wasn't about like building it the right way and like doing stuff like that. He was just like, we're going to win and we're going to win now. And he basically just mortgaged the whole program on the transfer portal and it worked out for one season. And then now you see the roster when you have 40 scholarship players and you're like, oh, I don't know if that approach really works. And it kind of feels like he just like con artist lied to our face because he wanted to do it so fast and like make us Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State, which we're just not. And at least Smith was very honest and being like, yeah, we have a lot of work to do. And like he's going to do it the right way yeah. and he's going to develop and like be like an actual football team versus whatever that we've been for three years. So I at least like feel comfortable in that he's going to do it the right way. The right way, though, is going to take longer. And for the people that can't handle that, like, I'm sorry, but like, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. And we're not going to be good next year. That's just not how it's going to work. Yeah, it could be, could be three to four years you're looking at, like, where it's like, I would say we have enough money and resources to be better peak faster than that. But I do think it's going to help that our schedule is relatively easier to have a decent year record next year based on the schedule because as toilet as uh, we are we still beat indiana should have beat rutgers should have beat iowa type deal like we can still beat the shitty bottom part of the big 10 and we're getting we you have to have better coaching on this coaching stuff because it can't get any worse and yes it basically we're just playing with as if we were in the backyard with no coaches that's that's basically what we were doing (laughs) um it seemed good. I know I mean, was getting the information from um, kind of like biased fan Michigan State sources saying that all these assistants are coming that are regarded as some of the best in the country when they might be. I don't know. But it seems good he's retaining a lot of his staff. That feels like a guy that you'd want to go follow and coach for. I mean, I th- I mean, I know that happens a lot. I, I, think, I think the small like, yeah, I'll move circumstance is a little bit different, Grant, because they're going from – Oh, to absolutely, yeah, their money's going to get diminished yeah. by, you know, how much. That's a good point. I think that situation to like, hey, do you want to double your salary too? Um, I think, but it is it. Yeah, you're right. as well. Like, it also is saying something like that. True, but I think it's all small circumstance of Oregon State as a whole, university and athletic department is a little bit different. I think when you've gone 18 and 7 the last 3 years at a notoriously average to below average program and you've been building the right way yeah you're going to you you can't do that with bad coaches so I think it's safe to assume that he's got good coaches on his staff didn't take all of them only took 5 out of 10 so that means that either a well Oregon State has to promote himself. within well no I haven't Paul Christ No. You'll see. Paul Oh, is this a message oh, board or is this actually like insider stuff? <laughs> Disgusting. Former offensive coordinator at Oregon State. The man Paul knows Chris. the Midwest. Offensive coordinator at Oregon State. Uh 
QB coach for Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Aiden Chili's coming too. Higher, higher. He would, he would now be the highest rated quarterback we have. Not because we don't have any players, but he was he's higher rated than Hauser and Levitt. He might be. Alex, the can I ask you who Scott Dolson is? In the class. Scott Dolson. Can I ask you who Scott Dolson is? Greg Dolson's brother, football coach, right? Oh, why did you see a tweet? First tweet that I typed in Paul Chris and just hit search. It says, "If we hire known anti NIL Paul Chris, there will be no other choice but to send Scott Dolson to prison." Uh, Scott Dolson's probably their AD. Hmm. Oh, that's an Indiana. Paul Chris to Indiana. Maybe the Paul Chris hot in the market these days. Good for Scott. (laughs) Do you guys know where he is right now? Great crew deck. Um. Analyst for Texas. Oh, that's interesting. Him and Sarkeesian, I can't think of two more not alike. There's rumors out there that Paul Chris told Northwestern no. Because he's waiting for (laughs) the state job. Would you guys like to have your final like eulogy parting thoughts for the Mel Tucker era? Because it has to be a relief to finally have that stink out of there. I, I mean, think, just based on what I saw on Friday, that tells you everything I need to know about the Mel Tucker. The rule, I mean, yeah, not so much. I mean, not so much <laughs> Mel Tucker. I was over that by week four that he was gone. I'm saying the entire coaching staff, especially Jay Johnson um, and Ross Ells. I was on Ross Ells the day I met him in person. I was out on him. What year was that? 2021? That was the year we had a, our best season. Yeah. I was out on Ross Ells. But the f- satisfaction that Jay Johnson will never call a play for Michigan State football ever again brings me joy on the inside. And like, I almost like cheers and like drank to it on Saturday just because uh, I knew Evan, it was over. Fun fact. He can't hurt me anymore. He cannot Harlan hurt me. Harlan Barnett, when he was uh, promoted to associate head coach, or I got promoted, I don't know, whatever you want to say, when he got that job, <laughs> he asked Alan Haller if he could fire uh, coordinators and staff and was told no. So we guys bullshit, were calling bro. calling for their heads early in the season. That's just a power play, you know. He wants. Oh, Grant, here's a here's a spicy uh, here's a spicy little detail during the Friday night blunder that it was in Ford Field. So our inside sources. It was up there um, casually. Uh, nature called, so we had to go use the bathroom during the middle of the third quarter. Not a big deal for him. Not a big deal. As he's walking by, somebody walks in, catches a glimpse of him, walking out. He turns and looks to see who it is. In the middle of the third quarter, the football game is going on. Guess who had to pee at the same time as him? Uh, it was Jay Johnson. <laughs> in the yeah, middle of the third you quarter. Pee, you gotta pee. It's tough. What do you want him to do? Wear a diaper? Hold it until halftime. And then you hold it until the end of the game. It will be... Excited That's to like see where when, uh, <laughs> I will be following. He's never going to coach again. That's like when um we were at Chelsea Middle School football. He went and bought popcorn from the concession stand in the middle of our game. <laughs> <laughs> Just an all time move. Let's see. Was there anything else? Oh, I wanted to say this because a lot of people. Are going to be like, ah, West Coast and Midwest, that's going to be tough for Jonathan Smith to handle. Well, I was listening to um, 
Josh Pate so because he was talking a lot about the AM job. And that's what made me think when I was talking about Sharon Moore, how I'm kind of accepting it. He was running through a lengthy history of people, just how they can get spun. Like he's like, like Dabo was nothing before they hired him. He wasn't like any big name. He's like, obviously Ryan day. He was promoted with, within There's a lot he's of talking about like all that, like the splash but... hires. He's basically saying how the splash hire that everyone like dreams about isn't real. It doesn't happen. It happens like maybe once in 20 years. And he goes, he goes, back in the day, people thought Nick Saban couldn't adapt to the Southeast Conference when he went from Michigan State and Toledo to LSU and goes, well, how did that work out for him? So I would just say like the location barrier that people have in their mind, it's like all that matters. You know how Jonathan Smith fits in at Michigan State? He just wins football games. That's how you conquer the Midwest. It's not about like where are they from, what do they know? Like uh, what if you just win football games? Then it doesn't really matter. The whole like – Location I do think of the country, so it's a good perspective. I thought matters in terms of like a school's culture and how they've historically been able to have success and all that bullshit matters. I do think it matters. Uh, you made playing style, maybe not exactly like playing like on field X's and O's type stuff, but like a culture, like a university is a culture and like how you carry yourself, blah blah blah, and all that. I think that does matter. It matters to the uh, the alumni, the the people there, the fans. It matters. That does matter. When you throw a coach that doesn't fit any of that into your shit, and then they they have one tiny, everyone hates him, and then it goes off the rails. With that being said, I think Jonathan Smith fits Michigan State and how we're like designed to be good, and what we need to do to be good. Yeah based on the resources and everything else, the conference, yada, yada, yada. I think he fits well, so I don't think that's a problem. But I do think you can have a guy that just completely doesn't fit somewhere and you throw him in and it doesn't work. And I can see that happen because of that. I th- I think it had to be, though, if they're like one uh, uh, unliked person and two, they don't win. I'm telling you, the whole one like thing is like, seen- oh, you have a bad season, like they'll run you out of town type of deal. Like Brian Kelly's getting ran out of town already. He's not going to get ran out of town. That'd Agreed. Be crazy. It's crazy. But that's the whole fit thing. They won the SEC West in his first year there. Yeah, I'm telling you. But though, that's that's that point. part is just crazy. I think I think the biggest fit is just win football games. That's all that matters. If you just win football Rich games, Rodriguez alumni, came to Michigan, talk did not how fit. You carry yourself. See what happens. But he also wasn't winning. And because cool. because of how he does it, it didn't fit doesn't fit in the Big Ten. It doesn't fit for Michigan. But if he had won 10 games in one of those years, they'll they'll keep you around. I'm just saying that some of that stuff does matter. It's not like you can just pluck whoever wins football games and think it, it's going to work for you. That's not how it works. Yeah. In A&M's case, yeah, if you're pissing off a big donor, yes, that's a problem. But like Rich Rod – his best season was seven and six and they should have given him more years than just three. So he probably was, he was a prickly guy probably rubbing people the wrong well, way. He, he got his but, 10 win season. Brady Hoke was just the, the coach. <laughs> I think it's more like if you're a likable guy, you can kind of like, if you make friends with the right people in a town like that with the lump, with the boosters, like you can survive a couple more years. But if you're kind of a guy people don't like, you really have to win football games fast. I'm just saying at a program that's not built what by five stars and buying players and, you know, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, those type of schools, 
the fit is more important because there's you have to do things differently to win versus what the exact example of this is Mel Tucker coming in who did not fit and thinking that he could get a bunch of five stars when he got zero and then he was going to get a million four stars and he got like 12 and then tried to make all that talent work but then you can't coach football games and then you don't have the the five star talent to hide all your lack of ability to coach and then pfft, everything blows up and then you say and also like one huge off the field detail. yeah but Grant, <laughs> the team wasn't good regardless of that but well, we they don't went five know and seven how the year before yeah but there's a real world where they go six and six or seven and you're running that back with him because he didn't so yeah the going phone call. two and six eleven and two Five and seven and six and six is like, oh, yeah, we love him. I don't think so. No, but I think he gets one more year. I think he, it, it was, just, we said the moment it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it was. It but happened. my whole point is like phone call trying happened, to force your ways upon a program that can't do that historically doesn't work. Yeah, but you can trick a lot you of people. You can do both of us because we're like, Which oh, we maybe he it. can do that. Maybe he will get us five stars. <laughs> wrong um speaking of feeling duped quickly like five seven minutes we're already a long one tonight but the lions duped us on thanksgiving just one of those games the minute the first play happened with the 60 yard bomb to christian watson you're just like oh no (laughs) like i was like oh god (laughs) like we don't need to start the game off like that so many things went bad i was watching it with packers fans it wasn't great um thankfully it was thanksgiving so there was good food coming the question I think we should start with from Ben V, which Evans really summarizes the doomsday of people is just have um, them come downstairs and be on what, it. How do you phrase it? <laughs> what is your confidence level one to 10 of the Lions winning the North at this at moment? At this moment, I'll go first. I would love to go first, actually. Dun, dun. At this moment, um, currently the Monday Night Football game is on over score, right there. It is six to three Bears. I have an eight and a half out of 10 chance that we're going to win the North. No question about it. Wow, six to three. I'm That's a crazy. two-game two lead, Is Hawk five games left. Hawk has caught a pass. But Josh Java looks bad. I think the Packers are playing better football right now than the Vikings. I think the Vikings just got lucky the that they were playing bad teams. Five. Yeah, I'll go nine out of ten. I'm just... You didn't just magically become eight and three because you were dog shit and like pulling out miraculous wins. Like, yeah, we've had a rough two weeks that ended in a result of one and one on paper. They're home. So, nine out of 10. I'll go nine as well. Good. The defense obviously is becoming. The defense is bad. Not going to. Try to pretend they're good. They're not. Anzalone's now hurt. And we got a clunker. I'm kind of excited to see that, though. With I know like he is really good, but I'm excited to see Campbell and Barnes and see if there's any like one or two-week magic they can pull out there of just flying around. Trying to find a question. It gets really dark if they lose to the Saints, I think. Not really dark, but it gets like – it gets – What's what's going on? Because that's two. It's really three games in a row where it's down to the wire. <laughs> a loss on 
Thanksgiving. What are you laughing Off the at? Rags. The funniest, you funniest text I received on Thanksgiving. This <laughs> is, is, is off the record. Jerry Jacobs could not cover. <laughs> that is the text I ever seen. <laughs> oh, but I have a question. Yeah. Back on the record. Jared Goff has struggled the last two games, notably. Fumbles, picks. Pressure in his face, not really able to escape. Dead serious right now. This is in quotes. It's not from me. This is from someone else. Who would you rather have, Jared Goff or Sam Howell? Jared Goff. I haven't also watched Jared Goff. Sam Howell, I'll be honest. So He's proven. So- just, because you, just because you have two bad games doesn't mean you throw them out. Yeah, I mean, Sam Howell scored 10 points on Thanksgiving. I know he's playing the Cowboys defense, but... I. I'm, I'm, they scored 19 I'm in the, the Jared Giants. Goff camp. Yeah, no, um, it's Jared Goff. But just wanted to see where you guys are at. T- temperature check. I just don't get uh, our offensive line, man. It just sucks. Like, I keep thinking, like, when They're I see Jonah hurt. Jackson out, I'm like, all right. Like, I'm like, Jonah's good and he's very slept on. And, but it's just one guy. Everyone else is healthy. Glasgow's good. I know we're starting Sorsdahl. Then you go up there and you just let Rashawn Gary have three sacks. And, like, Jared Goff is just getting pressured every single play. And it's like, this just sucks. Like, I don't I don't know what it was with the offensive line. Probably has to be their worst game of the season so far. I do think we just – we we do overestimate – or un, we underestimate the factor of, like, pride I don't. in the NFL. Where, like, the Lions, the Lions embarrass the Packers. Grown and Lambo, men. And, like, like Connor – Connor came on this podcast and basically was like Jay Johnson, Rossell's level of mad at their coaching staff. And LaFleur got made fun of for like a week. Like you don't think their coach like remembers that and they get themselves up for that on Thanksgiving in Detroit to spoil their Thanksgiving. Like, and they're still in the hunt because the NFC is so terrible. I think it was just like, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I woke up at like 3 a.m. when we had to travel. It was like a bad day to be a Packers fan, Marissa. I was cocky. I over, I was overlooking the Packers big time. I didn't realize how much better Jordan Love looked. He looked really good. So I think they just are peaking at this moment right now. They're a formidable football team, but it's also on us to not look as bad. Like we just did look pretty bad. Um, But at the same time, you don't give a fumble six in your tie game. So I don't know. It's it did suck. I I didn't realize that we've lost seven. I didn't either. Games in a row. I've, That's absurd. I always felt like we were competing in those games, and then I saw that stat and I went, "Wow, it's really been that long." I I know Patricia was terrible, but I didn't realize we lost okay. seven in a row. Yeah, the fake punt call was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm glad was... Dan admitted it because that was so stupid, and it was the most obvious thing ever. It actually was a thing where I joking was like, "Oh, I bet they fake it." Like as a joke, there's no way it's so obvious. Fourth and five, and they actually did. And they he was moving in quicksand when he caught the football. So I, if you're gonna fake it, just keep the offense on the field or give it to someone else that can move. I don't know. It, I'm not. I'm not having fun. I didn't have fun. I had a really bad time watching the football game. It it didn't ruin my Thanksgiving, but I was sad. Have to go see how it ruined my Thanksgiving. Would you guys say that this game proves it that just, we're frauds? Know, yeah, I guess it's a good question. I'm not answering. Yeah, I'm saying another good question is like we were thinking. How does it? 
anticipate because right now in the line season we're in this weird spot we're in this spot where if you took a time machine to the beginning of the year we're like all we're trying to do is win our division for the first time since 1991 and which win a that was our goal that would be awesome we came on this podcast and said and that now and I reminded a group yeah. chat today i was like that is what we all wanted and now somehow we're sitting here convincing ourselves it's super bowl or bust and then if we don't win this year we're never going to win again it's just crazy how we got to that point but that yeah. just shows our sicko brains and sports and everything else. But I mean, some of the added pressure we've put on ourselves is fair because we started winning games and looking really good. And then you're looking around thinking there's no reason we can't win our conference. Now that I've seen the Eagles keep winning games, I'm a little bit more down on that. I do think there's a, there's a pretty, there's like a touchdown gap between us and them. They're, at least if it's at Lincoln financial and crappy weather, it's probably of probably an 11 point gap, but I mean, Dallas is really good. 49ers are good, but I think if we play our best game, you can beat them, especially if it's at Ford field. So I did was like, all right, now it's like NFC conference championship. I want to play for the Super Bowl or bust. And now I'm a little bit back down on that because I do think we ha- we have flaws that we, I don't we know. we're not getting for multiple weeks because we're still winning games. And I know we didn't lose to the Bears, but like we saw what happened in that game. And we saw what happened this week. We saw what happened against the Ravens. There's a common theme. This team is still not – it is not built to win a Super Bowl yet. Now you could argue, well, why didn't Brad – I've seen a if, lot of tweets. Brad's got to go do something. Why didn't he get – why didn't he mortgage the future for defensive linemen, blah, blah, blah. Fair questions. You ask whatever you want, but like – I would just go back to like, is that the one piece we are away from actually winning a Super Bowl or is there still a lot more to be done? And I would argue there's still more things that need to be done. Hmm. Yeah. Yes and no. I don't know. If they play their yeah, A game, they can beat a lot you, of teams. Like, humans in general, in anything, like it's impossible to be perfect and play a perfect game or A plus game all the time. Like teams that are built to win Super Bowls can like and win because they're so good everywhere else on the field. Or you, or you have, or you have that one yeah, we're quarterback. Not, we're not Patrick Mahomes that can just strictly keep you in a game by himself for a while if you need him to. We're not really built no, to make which is, mistakes, which is not that's built part of our to win. Like that's not a team that's just going to win. That's a team that's still learning and still getting better. Yeah, it sucks. It's like a loser attitude. I get that. Like admitting to yourself that you're probably not there yet, but like you have to be honest with yourself. And one one defensive lineman wasn't just going to make still- this team like all of a sudden great. Like Dan was still going to have some fourth down punt run, whatever that was. Like this is, we're still like a team that is learning and has no playoff experience whatsoever, and like is still making mistakes as we go. Like that's just going to happen. If we get blown out in any of like the remaining games that I would start thinking like fraud or like we're going to disappoint ourselves. But if because I, I mean, I have someone who watched every single game of the Vikings who were they would get blown out in games like blown out. And you can't I actually want to walk that back. They were not frauds. They they were a good competitive football but team. They were they the same. Win they a needed lot of games, perfect. But their game. losses their losses were bad. And like, it's like the 
Pack if the Packers had won like thirty-one to ten at in Ford Field, that'd be a different story. Like this team still has grit, as cheesy as it is. Where like they don't fold; they still got it down to seven with an onside kick. I know it's like you're gonna lose, but they they're not like getting blown out. They got blown out by the Ravens. So if they get blown out by like the Cowboys in Jerry World, if they lose by like Decent twenty-four chance. points in that game, I'll be like, eh. there's a, a chance it could. And then, I know. No, like, I don't know. Like what's gonna happen in the playoffs? Because there's a real chance then you're playing the Cowboys or the Seahawks at home, the way it would work out, you know. So you're gonna have to face one of those teams back and Ford Field. I would say we're not frauds, but it's, it's, I would say it, that we're, you described it best. We have to play like almost a perfect game to beat a good team, that's or a, or to beat a team that's playing at a high level, which just tells me that this is year one of the playoffs and expecting to be good. This is not year six. <laughs> there was a moment a few weeks ago where I was like, I don't care. I wouldn't, I wasn't caring about matchups. I was like, send any team in the NFC to Ford field. And I think we can win. And now it's like very matchup based. In yeah, the playoffs we, I mean, like, we oh, drank like the Kool-Aid. We got excited. Or... <laughs> and we did. We chose to ignore the clear, obvious flaws. We lack team speed on defense. We don't have a good secondary, and we don't get any pressure on the quarterback. That's it. But I do think when you people, get sacked too much, it's, it's my, it's my like always optimism. And in last last night was devastating for the NFL for the Lions. Like I was, I'm still fully, I still twenty five percent chance. I think one seat's still on the table. I know people call me crazy. Last night when the Bills lost, that was devastating because I still think it's like. The, it's such a win on the margins league. Like if the Eagles had fell, they're nine and two. You're eight and three. Their schedule still is a gauntlet. If you somehow had fallen into a one seed, you just have to win a single home game, and then you're in the NFC Championship game. Like, and maybe you're not the best team in the NFC, but if you get that right to be the one seed, you're you're right there, and then you fall into a game, and then you're in the Super Bowl. But it's a lot more of a long shot now because the Eagles just cannot think, lose a football I think game and it's inferior. Yesterday just about sealed the fact that I don't care if the Eagles are 40-point underdogs or losing by 21 points with three minutes left. Like I, they, I just think they're going to win. They just prove it every single week. They just win every game. It's disgusting how they do it. It's like we keep saying, how does Washington get away with it every week? Philly is doing that. They're just getting away with it every week and just finding ways to win, but they're a championship football team with experience who just went to a Super Bowl. They're on a different level, and that's just where it's at. We don't deserve the one seed, if we're being honest with ourselves. They're they're a better team. Yeah, but maybe we catch a couple of breaks and we fall into. I don't it. think falling into it gets us into a Super Bowl. Well, the beautiful thing is next week either one of the Niners or Eagles has to lose. I love so that you are still considering they it have hopeful, to lose. But like, I just don't. We're going to be honest with ourselves. We're going to split. Still, not to just belabor it. It's a division. Play the same team twice in four weeks. No. Altitude is 6-3 to right now. We're not losing to them. I haven't. I know that, but there's something about playing teams in your division where those games are always close. That's why the Commanders almost beat the Eagles every time. Well, the Eagles Eagles have to play the Giants twice still. I could slip up one of those. Divisional opponent, though. Um, the Eagles still have Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, Seahawks are not next three games. They're dead. 
at Seattle is I not easy. I said it last week to you that I hated someone, Evan's roommate's bet about Seattle. Like, I, they're not a good they're not a good football team. They're not. I watched that whole Seattle game. They could have came back. They're just, they just not. I'm sorry. <laughs> they have to play the Cowboys this week. It'd be nice for. An- I'm. I'm just looking at the stands. I still think we can find our way to to a higher. We can. Level. We're going to win the division. That is never happened in our life. We can't just like all of a sudden not be happy with that. That's just totally unfair to this franchise I know, I know. and what they've been through. Totally unfair. To ourselves. We should enjoy that. We should be happy about that. We should enjoy all the wins, as Evan says. Enjoy them all. I think really where I'm at right now is I just want to avoid Dallas as the wild card matchup. Yeah, there's so much time. I want it's going to work itself I out. I don't want to play them in the wild card. You don't need, we don't need scenarios. Well, we right know now. Dallas is going to be They're the wild be the card opponent. Best wild card opponent. There's two. Well, and we're still in a good likely. spot to be the three seed. Or two seed, I mean. Um, if Sam, if no, listener Sam is listening, which I think he will, I'll just respond to him. I'll tell him that we'll answer his question next week because it's a good question, but it's too long for this this length of show. So, Sam, that's a little tease for you, buddy. Cheers to episode 143. I hope my Buckeye friends are doing okay.